So um, this year has been the the reaping of the rips. Oh, the rest in pieces. Yeah, uh, we we spoke of of the other rip recently. Yeah, rip torn died recently. Rip torn died recently, and we spoke of the sad news. In, in my mind, the the more iconic of the rips, Rip Taylor, who Rip Taylor sadly passed away last. Sadly, sadly, is yeah, it sad I mean, when you hadn't really? I mean, Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor was sort of a uh, a charming point, a like like right. a Charles Nelson Riley, like uh, any number of of sort of just characters from that era that didn't they had nothing, you know, Zsa Zsa Gabor, <laughs> uh, anyone could he, like could that. he have been on Scooby Doo? Was he ever on Scooby Doo? He seems uh, like he should have been a guest star on we Scooby Doo. We were looking over his we were looking over his uh, his Wikipedia. And he was on the monkeys, you said. You see, uh, well, we'll just go through some of these. Yeah, it was all right. He, some highlights. He originally came from Ed. So, well, he he originally came from doing uh, doing stand up acts abroad. Uh, have it, here it says mostly he hither and was, thither. He was basically just stealing all his stuff from USO shows. Oh, he was stealing it from USO it shows? Says, I mean, it's in the Wikipedia. I mean, back in the olden days, that's kind well, of what they did. They just kind of stole from each other. He was performing at clubs and restaurants abroad, and it says, although a lot of his material were jokes stolen from acts he saw in USO shows. <laughs> so Bob Hope? Yeah. Yeah, probably <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, Rip Taylor doing uh, golf no TV, jokes. <laughs> ain't no TV. They're like, can you... Uh, so... Travis, I'm to understand you're a stand-up uh, comedian. Yes, Is that yes, correct? very, very much so. You you live in this you live in this era of that sort of like joke stealing is so that, it, is, <laughs> it is the is that the highest crime as yeah, a stand-up comedian? Yeah, that's uh, of stand-up comedy. I think that is probably the biggest sin you can commit is and, to steal somebody else's material. But you live. It, it almost astounds me now the whole concept of stealing jokes because it's so easy to police that now. Mm, like, yeah, but it's also very you hard. You don't steal jokes, but I mean, how often do you just live in fear of you? You come up with a joke and go like, "Do, do you ever feel like you need to do any research to you figure out if someone's doing do. this joke already?" Or? I do. I I will Google like if I come up with a just a funny line or something like that, I'll Google it to see if somebody else may have already come up with it. The thing is, it's it's pretty much impossible to yeah. find out everything that anybody has ever said. Yeah. But I'll see if it's pretty common out there. But you know what? In well, this day and age, what we're talking about, uh, it's people as an audience want the most basic uh, first thought thing that they can get. And a lot of people do that. And they're very popular because... Uh, audiences like to go, huh, yeah, that reinforces what I was thinking. Huh, yeah. They don't like to be challenged. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. why it's that's why it's easy for people to steal material because they can go, well, I mean, it's just common. It's just you know, you know, it's uh, what's the what's the term? Uh, uh, something thinking. Parallel thinking. Parallel thinking. Okay. Yeah, people can claim parallel thinking. That's why when I write a joke, and I'm not saying I'm like the greatest joke writer in the world, but I try to personalize something and I try to uh, take it somewhere that isn't the first, second, or third thought that somebody might have. I like I like to write a twist in no, a joke. I've certainly, I've certainly been like uh, thumbing through 
uh, Twitter or or like you know looking at something else and read a, right. a news story and go like ah yeah I got the I got the pin for this see uh-huh. and I'll go to Twitter and immediately see like thirty people have already said this like okay yeah okay this is that's another reason I stay away from topical stuff because topical stuff first of all I like evergreen because maybe that joke isn't working quite right now but in five years I'll figure out how to fix it mm-hmm. so it'll still work then but also topical that's way more likely that somebody is going to have parallel thinking. And if it's somebody more famous than you, then everybody's going to go, oh, you stole that from them. Well, I imagine it's also like chipping out, chipping out like your very uh, unique personality is a good way to like, I can write a joke that is very much who I am. Right. And it's hard. It's harder to steal that when, you know, there Mm -hmm. there are a lot of comedians that that's that's their brand. Like a like a Jim Gaffigan. It. It's probably hard to steal a Jim Gaffigan joke because Jim Gaffigan's material is so very, very tied into this persona that he's right. made out as Fat Dad or whatever. But there's a lot of people that are kind of aping his style now. So they take a subject, and I don't even know how we got on this, but anyway, take a subject, well, we let's say from, pizza. We got from Rip Taylor stealing. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to try and get it back to like Rip Taylor we will, stealing we will. during USO era and being like, I wonder how... I want the disparity because it, it's such a cardinal sin now. Like mm-hmm. back then, like having your own material in an era where there's no TV. If you, it, it, I can see like both sides. I think of they like, were fine with it though. On one side, it's like there's there's not as as much of a network of people. So if someone's doing your material in Hoboken and you're overseas doing it, like you're not going to get called out for stealing someone's right. material. I don't know where the shift came where it wasn't okay to do anymore. I think. I think there was probably always people that were like, probably wasn't oh, okay. man, yeah. I, I wrote that, and now you're getting credit. Like, if, if you wrote a really funny joke, later. and somebody else came along and just took it, and they were already famous, but people thought they were so amazing. Like, Milton Berle was super famous for it. He was flat out like, yeah, he, I don't think, I don't know if he ever even wrote a joke. He would just steal everybody else's. Well, what is that, that famous quote about, something about, like, uh, something about artists steal, like, so, in, like, something... I, there's some famous quote about stealing art, about the, like the best artists mm-hmm. steal, or some gooby thing about that. I mean, stealing and like being inspired by are two different things. Mm, yeah. Like the point I was going to make earlier is a lot of people now will will mimic the way Jim Gaffigan writes. So Gaffigan picks a subject and he writes probably dozens and dozens of jokes about that, and then pulls the best ones in and ties them together. And surrounds the subject with these little jokes and just peppers and peppers and peppers. And now a lot of people do that, but they just use, honestly, the most basic (laughs) thing that people can come up with. It's just a matter of quantity over quality. And they don't really even bother to see if, I don't know, a hundred other people have also done jokes about that already. But anyway, joke stealing. (laughs) Rip Torn was in Wayne's World too. He was? Or excuse me, Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor, wow. <laughs> they both rip. I think if you don't bother to do the work to find out if other people are, have already done that joke, that's lazy, but I don't think that's stealing. But if you blatantly see that somebody else is doing it, we all know comedians that are famous for stealing. And I've worked with them, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I've not I'm not gonna trash them right here because I'm sure I'll work with them again. But we, they're very blatantly like, yeah, I took that. 
This is uh, it's mine now. The views of, of Jake Dahl don't necessarily <laughs> reflect the views of one Travis Tate of the show that we're on, Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Welcome to. But you saying that like it feels a little weird that people who are I can't assume that anyone becomes famous for stealing jokes uh, erroneously. Like, if, if someone's become famous for stealing jokes, they had to have done it enough to earn that to some degree. Right. So, is it weird that, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call anybody out right now for like they do it. They know they do it. Right. And there are tons of comedians out there that have writers, and they don't want the general public to know that there's writers. I'm not even. I, I don't think I would even necessarily be mad at a comedian who has writers. At least Some, they're getting paid. Yeah, writers to do are it. getting. If the writers right. are getting, you paid know what well. you're getting into. And the fact of the matter is, there are, there are some comedians who just have a, a, you know, like a Dave Chappelle. Like I mean, Dave Chappelle in his own right is very funny. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of maybe some of his his newer takes on being funny and stuff. That, that's not what we're here for, Trav. I do want a tangent on Dave Chappelle when you finish your point. But I'm just saying, he is someone who just, cadence-wise, is very... It's funny to hear him talk. Dave, so if Dave even, Chappelle! I, I gotta imagine there are other people out there who aren't necessarily as quick on the draw as to be funny, but they have a good cadence, so why not get some writers and, and use that? You know what? There is a lot of people out there that are getting Netflix specials because they have a good smile and a good cadence. You think that's it? <laughs> Sometimes. Not I, all the time. I, as far as I can tell... Like, Sometimes just being likable is enough, and that's all you need, and people love you, and that's what puts has butts been in the seat. So pretty generous judge? With, uh, with comedy specials, and at the same time, it's like, it illustrates just how many people are doing stand-up at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's thousands. It's, it's crazy. Uh, like Even Amazon... Uh, when they announced they were going to do comedy specials, they came out with Gaffigan's new one. And they're putting new ones out every week. And I'm like, why are they do? Why? They don't look good. Like Alonzo Bowden has one. And I love Alonzo Bowden. I think he's one of the best joke writers on the planet. And his special, he's had other specials that looked way better. And this special just, they it's didn't, they didn't put any, it's almost <clears throat> like, honestly, and I'm not, I'm not bashing him for this. It seems like he probably put up the money to pay for it, and they just bought it from him after the fact. I think. Huh. Yeah. Well, that that was um, with Burt Kreischer. We had talked about that, that I, I watched Secret Time, mm-hmm. and he does the whole machine bit in there. And it was after Secret Time that they put out the machine special, and you, you had to tell me, like, oh, yeah. no, that one... That, that one, one came before because he does he does that whole story in both of those. Right, and, the machine was on Showtime, and I know he's not super happy with that one. Really, not as much as yeah, not as much as Secret Time. Secret Time's really good. Secret Time is really good. I agree. And the, and the machine one's good too, but yeah, they bought that from Showtime. And it, it, that's a weird that's a weird thing for me because the the machine story is so tied to Secret Time having have it having been the first time. But yeah. Just, they bought that up later, just like you said. So mm-hmm. it felt weird when I watched it again. And, and as, as we all know, Burt Kreischer is ageless. So I couldn't <laughs> tell that there was any discrepancy in the timeline. I'm afraid to talk to, about anybody that I like on this podcast now because I'm afraid. There's been a few people that we've spoke about and then they died. I hope there's not like a Jimmy Pardo curse or something going on. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> Never Not Funny has their own. We should only talk about people I don't like. (laughs) Anywho, Uh, so before we get too far, no, before we get too far away, before we get too far away, yes, you're right. Rip Taylor 
was he was part of WWE. He was on a WWF Monday Night Raw in 1984 as part of giving a push to Jeff Jarrett. That does not shock me. Jeff Jarrett had a lot of weird stuff going on. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, there was a point where Jeff Jarrett came out. I had, I had checked out and, of wrestling by the time Jeff okay. Jarrett had his era. He had he was like a, a country singer, and they found out that he was like uh, doing a Millie Vanilli thing where what the Road Dog was actually the one singing, and Jeff Jarrett was just lip syncing. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, is this a is this a real thing or was this this a, was a real thing? No, this, this was this, this is was a, a storyline. Okay, yeah. Okay. This happened on the on Raw and all that. So he was, you know, portraying himself go, as a real country. Did singer. you think about going and seeing Fozzie when they came? No, I didn't. That's um, what's his name? Chris band? Jericho. Chris Jericho's yeah. man. Jericho. Because that came right on the back of the little bit of the bubbly. Little bit of the bubbly. There was a brief moment that I'm like, that that little bit of the bubbly thing is so funny to me. And there was a brief moment where I'm like, <laughs> should I go see this guy's trash band? And I'm like, no. Why would you do that? I've Why never, would you devote an evening to hoping he'll say a little bit of the bubbly once? The only time I've ever heard any of his music is when they use it as like the theme song for a pay-per-view. Is it any good at all? I mean, I, it's not my style of music, so it's... I don't know. I don't like like the modern day metal, which is kind of what it is. It's not my thing. Would he recommend it that the bodies I, hit the floor? Is that what kind of music it is? It wasn't that bad. No, it was It was almost like inspired by 80s rock, but a little more modern. Hmm. Okay. But I, it it didn't come across as terrible to me. Let's put it that way. Like, if it was really bad, I'd be like, yeah, it was garbage. Maybe no, it know, sounded is, like a real band. Is he serious about that, or is that almost part yeah, of the Yeah, he's been touring with it for over line. 20 years. But I mean, well, yeah, I guess... No, know. he's he's very serious. He's as serious about his band as he is about everything else he does. He's got a, a super huge podcast, and then he still wrestles. He's the AEW heavyweight champion currently. Yeah, a little, little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> anyway, Rip Taylor. So before we before we get too far away from that, uh, we'll get back to Rip Facts in just a minute. You said you wanted a Chappelle tangent? Oh, yeah. Just people have been like... Uh, whether you like the Chappelle special or not, because the the things he says, whatever. But people are going, yeah, he can afford to say that because he's rich. But I'm going to defend Dave Chappelle and say he was doing some pretty edgy stuff when Chappelle show was out, and he was not rich then. I mean, he was compared to you. I don't you know and I, because part of the he, catchphrase he, in that was "I'm rich, bitch." I know, yeah. But just think about the the sketch where the he's the white supremacist. And he doesn't know that he's black and his head explodes. You remember yeah. that one? That's super edgy stuff. And that was 20 years ago. And he wasn't a billionaire back then. He was he was doing good for, for a comedian. But it's not like he was Dave Chappelle now. He was taking chances way back then even. So I just wanted to clarify that for the people that are saying, yeah, him and Bill Burr can do that because they're so rich now. Well... They were doing that kind of stuff before they were rich too. So it's not just that they're rich is why they're doing it. Oh, I, I, you know, I've heard that a a few times by a few people. So I, I just, uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into this. I, I don't care for a guy like Dave Chappelle being one of the people who, who yatches about that. uh, I can't do anything in this modern era. It's like, (laughs) yes, you've been edgy your whole time. Like you got to adapt with the times. Like, People that people woke up to a point and said and decided like yeah we there were some things like look in living color was revolutionary for its time right. there are there are characters from uh, in living color that in a modern context are <laughs> outright embarrassing yeah 
For sure. Handy Boy is shameful. Mm-hmm. I agree. Shameful. You know, that doesn't take away from that they did edgy things back then. Right. And I would I would hope that Damon Wayans, if someone asked him about that, he could say, like, you know, I I was wrong. Like, you know, I I did a thing. I um, it was wrong. I you know, so some of those those sort of things, I have a hard time figuring out how you how you can properly look at that and say um, say, I was wrong. I did a thing, I was wrong for it. I mm-hmm. don't know how to make up for it. I definitely acknowledge that I should not have done that. I I just look back. I think the 90s were the trashiest point of modern humanity. <laughs> I mean, it really was. We liked Limp Biscuit in the Bloodhound that, game. That's what I've heard. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I, I've told you, like, I'm way, that, I'm way into... I came up through 90s alternative music. Right. And... When I, when I talk about, or like when I get on Spotify, I go like, ah, I want to hear a 90s, I want to hear a 90s set list. And I'll mm-hmm. put it on, I'm like, oh crap, that's right, there were more to the 90s. There, the 90s kept going past like 94, crap, I forgot. Yeah. I forget when, when people say, oh, the, the 90s sucked, I'm like, oh, I got in, in a place where I thought, there, there's a lot of stuff I think was pretty good. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was three or four years of that. There, there was a lot more... And frankly, the stuff that was trash did way better than the stuff that I was way into. Yeah, when we look, but back, also I was into the Bloodhound Gang, so I was also into right. some very trashy stuff. A hundred years from now, people are going to look back at the '90s and go, "Wow, they really went off the rails there oh, for a decade." Boy, I, th- I don't know, man. These last few years, I think, are giving it a run for its money. <laughs> yeah, but I think most people, generally, and most people were fine back then too. But what was considered? Like, look at the Attitude Era in wrestling. Yeah, you you might if you're a wrestling fan, you think about like Stone Cold spraying beer on the corporation, or you remember oh, the, you remember these highlights, but you forget that you think the big boss man fed Al Snow his dog, <laughs> or uh, the uh, Triple H humped a dead body, or I think of there's like, a lot of really just garbage in there. I think of like Hulk Hogan trying to act edgy in a way like i'm watching this guy in his like he's probably in his 40s or 50s at that point trying to act edgy and it's kind mm-hmm. of embarrassing the 90s kind of i was it, over at my friends the other night and we were listening uh-huh. to the uh, macho man rap album <laughs> <laughs> so the, I, seeing as how I'm, I'm in my 40s like the 80s seemed more innocent to me. This is just my perspective because it was my childhood. The 90s is where I was a teenager and I look back and I'm embarrassed by the things I liked or the things that I did. And then 2000s, you know, 9-11 happened. Everybody kind of changed a little bit and the world had a little bit more <laughs> perspective and it was a little more of a scary place. It wasn't just this drugged out mosh pit that the nineties were. Travis, and now you, we're are trying, trying to, are you trying to push that nine 11 fixed culture? I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that, but it definitely changed my perspective on the world. I'm not saying it fixed culture, but I'm saying a side effect may have been like, Hey, let's put this trashy stuff aside and get serious for a little bit. And now we've gone too far and we're all too serious. And everything is, everything is something to get upset about. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that a ton. I, I feel like there's some people, look, man, we got the whole Ellen thing this week. Ellen. I don't know why people are mad about that. 
I know you posted you weren't super happy. Oh, but I just like look. My, here's my let me let me say my point before you you explain. I don't think her shunning him, shunning uh, George W. Bush, is necessarily going to help her cause. Or if she said something rude or did something mean, is not going to like help her, or it's not going to help the LGBT community. And there's a lot of people that were are upset at her because she was buddy buddy with George W. Bush. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think you can be nice to people that you disagree with, and it doesn't That's, mean that. Okay, sorry. I'm it sorry. doesn't mean that you're okaying their behavior. It just means in the moment that you're you're trying to be the better person. Does that make sense, Travis? Yes. Uh, we have a connection here. Okay. Uh, I had forgotten about this. Rip Taylor did an <laughs> opening bit for uh, either opening or closing bit for one of the Bloodhound Gang songs. Did he really? I forgot about that. He yes. really did. He totally did. It was, in 1995, oh he performed gosh. the intro for the Bloodhound Gang's Use Your Fingers album. And in 2002, he appeared in the final <laughs> scene of Jackass the movie, wielding a pistol that, when fired, released a sign that read the end. <laughs> gosh rip taylor his he's he's like the venn diagram of all entertainment i think he did the same thing at the ending of jackass number two and jackass 3d so he's he's a regular jackass guy i just part of the blooper reel of the dukes of hazard remember they made a two a dukes of hazard movie yes i do johnny knoxville was in it and uh stifler was in it jessica simpson i think willie nelson was uncle jesse that i believe is the case i just saw a, a johnny knoxville movie this week it's a action park. <laughs> oh, how did action park treat you? It's dumb and stupid, but there's a lot of Johnny Knoxville getting uh, hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, like at the end of the movie, it shows bloopers and stuff. And a lot of the bloopers are him actually laying there with EMTs, making sure he's still alive. So he was actually doing a lot of these stunts where his body goes ass over tea kettle. <laughs> it's the so there, really there's part. like a credits thing of him getting actual. Hit yeah. Okay. There's a point where he's standing at the top of a, a water slide and they turn on a hose and it hits him in the crotch and it spins him around. And he goes sliding down the slide. And they, I was like, okay, that was computer anime. No, at the end of the thing, they actually show like him standing there when he gets hit with it. I mean, those, those parts are funny. The movie itself is pretty stupid and not great, but Oh, that's right. The thing I was going to say was there's a difference between like you, you and I don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything. And there's a way that we can have polite discourse. Right. Now, if I, if you were say very responsible for for perpetual war and other (laughs) certain war crimes, I would, that would be a little different than I just have differences of opinion with you. So when Ellen says, Hey, me and parentheses, guy who was maybe a warp criminal and created perpetual war are friends like that's not having a difference of opinion with someone that's we're both two people who are incredibly rich and incredibly powerful and actually kind of removed from what it's like to be human and we can be friends because who cares i think george w bush was a puppet first of all you know hey (laughs) he probably thought ellen was just some nice. I don't. I don't know if he it's even knows who possible. Ellen is. He didn't know she's gay. <laughs> so, but you know, do you get what I mean? I get what you mean. Then, but then the, that, that's all that really needs to be necessary. Is you, you get what I'm trying to say. I get what you're trying to say. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I get what you're trying to say. 
Do you like, know what I'm trying to say? There's, there's people that I <laughs> I really don't like, but I'm nice to them Oh, anyway. absolutely. I, I 100% have that. And that was my somewhat pointed. I, I maybe, there were a few people who put that forth who uh, maybe I have seen as wanting to present themselves as having certain opinions. And I'm like, wow, you guys, I, I'm getting way far, far in the weeds. It just basically is, um, I, I kind of believe in the idea of, <laughs> I, I like absolutely. I'm not a monster. I believe in the idea of being able to have discourse with people who have different opinions with me is a is a bridge to try and right. heal. Right. You know, if if I feel strongly about something, which I generally do, it's at least a way that if I can have a normal human discourse with someone who has a differing opinion, maybe I can help them see things the way that I do. Or conversely, because travel. Look, I'm going to tell you, I'm super right about most things. So it's not going to happen that people will convince me, but I'm open to the idea that it might happen someday. Everybody's right about everything. That's the problem with the world today. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's the whole Ellen thing was like, that, that's not what it is. It's not that. It's you're sitting next to someone who's done, or at the, even if he was a puppet, was very complicit in some of what's very wrong with the world, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think that I'm really you know, throwing out a huge bomb saying that. So, you know, when she says, oh, George and I are friends, like, how are you friends? He's been a part of things that were very detrimental to the LGBT community. And to the best of my knowledge, has never come out and said, hey, hey, I, I was kind of ass backward on those things. He's just kind of been that guy the whole time. So, like, and they, I get the impression they've been friends for a long time. So that's never come up. That's never been like, hey, George, like, I mean... You kind of did these things. Like, are you sure that's cool? I don't. Were I think his that stances to, that different than Bill that, Clinton's stances or I, Obama's first term? I, I mean, that's other stuff. <laughs> Perhaps we don't have the time, and this right. is technically supposed to be a comedy podcast. I've just seen a lot of comedians come out and they're going after Ellen, and I'm like, I've met you, and you're a very unlikable person. So maybe what you have to say doesn't resonate with I just me. Think, I just think she really whiffed on the whole point of it. And that's, that's sort of what I was talking about earlier is she felt it super necessary to talk about it on the show. And her talking about it on the show kind of boiled down to, like, people thought this was wrong? What, what's wrong with people? When it would have been nice to see her come out and be able to at least say something maybe. And I guess she can't because... Her and her and W are budsies, hmm. but to come out and say like, ah, you know, this gives me pause. Maybe I should, you know, I, I've been friends with this guy for a long time. I guess I didn't, you know, whether it's responsible or not. I didn't really think too much about it. Maybe I was wrong, but she can't. I, she can't do that. I look at it as people that are very different people being friends seems like a good place to start for me. Does that make sense? That's, Everybody, everybody's like. You can't be friends with them because that's 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 how tribes start in the first place. That's, and and you know what I I agree with that, except for the particular person <laughs> is so far beyond just we have a difference of opinion. I could see the outrage if it was Donald Trump and not George W. That's, Bush. Those are they are they are they're in not the, the same thing. They're, they're very much maybe I mean, same look, sport but way please, different ballpark. Please, I am going to I'm going to hate myself for saying this. Like, look. Donald Trump is a monster. Donald Trump is horrible. Did not start war that has gone on longer than any of our kids have been alive. Not mine. I was close. I was really close. <laughs> like, that was my point, is Ellen has been out of the closet for four years longer than we've been at war in the Middle East. 
Yeah. And George W. Bush, you can say he was a puppet, but still, he was complicit in that. A lot of people were complicit in that. That you know what? But that doesn't make him any less complicit in it. Any of us that said after nine eleven, just go bomb them, just go bomb them. Hey, you know. You know, and there was can, a lot know, of people that said that. Look, I can probably I can argue, me too. I don't I remember. That. I, I mean, I, I suppose I could argue that. Some, I'm just saying he was the one who signed the thing that said we're going to go do this. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that are running for president in the last couple of elections that also were behind. Well, look, like, we're doing that too. So this is a, this is a bad. Like, I don't want to get. In, I don't want to get in an argument on this. But let's. Hey, back to it. Do you, do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. Then that's then that's that's where we can keep it. It's cool. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Travis. Rip Taylor. We have a difference of opinion. Right. That's cool. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Rip Taylor. Uh, you know what, dude? This is actually a really cool thing. He was on... Rip Kitchen Taylor's Ranch. almost... He's nearing a 30-minute tribute. <laughs> is, was the Ellen stuff part of the tribute to Rip Taylor? I think so, Rip yes. Taylor, we salute you with a really shitty argument we had. Just throwing confetti in the sky now. <laughs> yeah, no. He was uh, on the Kids in the Hall as reference to being the uncle of uh, Buddy Cole, Scott Thompson's character. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense, right? I don't... He's one of those guys, apparently. I mean, first of all, I didn't know he was still alive. Is, what, has he recently been doing things, or has he been ill? You know, or? what? I would probably. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and get the Rip Taylor IMDb real quick, and I can look at his most. But current. he's this weird pop culture icon that has gone from the '60s clear till now. I have a super because I know there's been Simpsons references in in this century of Rip Taylor. So even if people only know him from being on the simpsons <laughs> i will say this about people know who he is i will say this about imdb i got to rip ta <laughs> i got to rip ta and the predictive thing was still going for rip torn <laughs> <laughs> did you mean torn uh let me see his most recent credit was in 2012 for something called silent but deadly <laughs> it's a movie about he was farts. on the aquabat super show though oh really that's kind of cool nice Boy, Silent But Deadly, who we got in this? This looks Rip like... Rip Taylor should have been Rip Torn because he was throwing torn paper, which is also known as confetti. There you go. I I feel like I've heard that before. I think I said it when we talked about Rip Torn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the biggest star in this is Don Wells. So Rip Taylor was in good company. Don Wells of Gilligan's Island? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, Lee, Lee Merriweather. That's very familiar. Lee Merriweather. Think, she was a Catwoman, right? I I'm gonna look it up. I want to say she might have been. She was the least Island favorite. Too. She was the least yeah, fav- she was a cat famous woman. Catwoman. She was a Catwoman. Uh, I think she was Catwoman in the Batman for, and Robin movie. She was in Barnaby Jones. Barnaby Jones. <laughs> she was in Metal Gear Solid Four: Guns of the Patriots. The most famous thing about Barnaby Jones is when uh, uh, Sinbad when, calls Robert Carr. No, Sinbad calls Robert Conrad Barnaby Jones in uh, uh, Jingle All the Way. He's like, get off me, Barnaby Jones. <laughs> looks like This looks like it was a movie that was all just people from that era. I'm not, I'm not catching a lot of these names, but it looks like, oh, yeah, they must have been in, like, Mannix. <laughs> so, yeah, Rip Taylor kind of bowed out in 2012. But whatever, right? You know what? He had an amazing career. Can you think of anybody that's around now? Maybe like Richard Simmons that could have that 
Like if I know he's he's just um, barely like he's kind of poking his eye out into the public now. Maybe hmm. maybe he makes a comeback and boy, Richard Simmons meets a whole new generation of people. I get really sad when I hear Richard Simmons. I haven't heard him. I heard an interview with him. Uh, he was on some podcast I listened to, and I always want to say it was never not funny, but that could be completely wrong. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to go look and see if he was on never not funny. I guess I could probably try and look it up, but there was a podcast about him, about how nobody had seen him for a long time. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to look up Richard Simmons podcast. I'm like, well, that's just going to give me that. He was just one of those people where he could just show up kind of like Rip Taylor would just show up on, he had to have been on Letterman at some point where he just oh. walks out and just throws confetti into the air like Richard oh, Simmons talking? would do that kind of stuff too. Oh, you're talking Rip Taylor was Yeah. On? Yeah, I'm sure he was. I he had to have been. But Rip, uh, Richard Simmons could just walk onto the Tonight Show tonight and people would go nuts and Yeah. He could just walk across the stage and do jumping jacks and then disappear and people would be talking about it the next day. Did yeah. you see Richard Simmons on the Tonight Show? I thought it was Polly Shore for a minute. <laughs> he does look very little. <laughs> they look very like much alike. Especially old yeah. Richard Simmons. Or an old Polly Shore. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that he was on. I don't know what he was on. But it's I, okay. Whatever it was, he I did catch a little bit of, it felt like his persona, he, it's 100% an act. It's 100%. Like, had to be, yeah. To the, to the degree of, he does like he doesn't break it around. He feels so uncomfortable in his own skin when he's being real that he never breaks that when he's around people. It's kind of like a pro wrestling uh, persona. Yeah, yeah, no, but <laughs> it is like a pro wrestling persona, except yeah. for that if if like Marty Jannetty never stopped being one of the rockers, was that right? Uh, actually, that's what Marty Jannetty still does. He's yeah. he's still. I think he still wrestles. He's in his sixties now, but probably, I mean, or at the, least his fifties. Or like if. I think he's got one ankle that's basically duct taped to his body. If Paul Bearer, if Paul Bearer, uh, what was Paul Bearer's real name? I can't that remember. Guy, yeah, I, I can't I remember. For a while. That, if that guy went on a I know pod- he, he was Percy Pringle for a while before he yeah. came to uh, WWF. If that guy went on like Bruce Pritchard's podcast, but but maintained as Paul Bearer the whole time. Oh, like that, yes. But but you could also tell, you could, you could catch, like you could just catch our undercurrents of, Oh man, Paul Bearer inside is a really depressed guy and just is never comfortable <laughs> enough to be himself. Like that, the impression when I heard Richard Simmons, I think they even he kind of talked about. It, I was like, yeah, I just he talked about being a being kind of a recluse, and he's like, I just I can't be me outside of my home. I can't be me when someone's looking at me. I I get it. I definitely get it. He doesn't want to do the persona anymore. Basically, is that what I don't like. Again, couldn't tell. I huh. couldn't tell. I don't know if it was whether he wants to or not. It was just a matter of he just doesn't feel. It, it just came off like he doesn't like the person he really is and n- never wants anyone to see it. I'll tell you what. I don't think if you if you don't like who you really are, you're not the crazy one. It's the person that loves who they really are. That's the crazy person. I think. I so think if you're listening to this, and I think you, there are both sides of that. But no, I'm saying if you're listening to this and you have doubts about yourself and and you think, oh, I just, oh, I really don't like myself. You're normal. I think that's how most people honestly feel. Yeah. So don't get down on yourself for that. Certainly. It's the people that love themselves a lot. They're the crazy people. All the all the Instagram. Tra- Travis, I'm not crazy. 
you're the one who's crazy. See, you, you did, you're you, driving me crazy. I'm playing the game. You're supposed to say institutionalized, and then I'm supposed to say, I'm, I'm supposed to put a nice pin on by saying, well, all I wanted was a Pepsi. All I want, I've got a Coke. You can have some of my Coke. Yeah, it's not the same. I know. Just one Pepsi. And you don't Travis want to take the, the to Pepsi me. challenge? No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> So, speaking of mental illness... Speaking of, yes. Trav, you went out and saw a movie. I saw The Joker right before I came here. Which is why, which is why we're having such wonderful discourse. You're, you're oh, my gosh. Movie, or, excuse me, such a good mood due to leisure. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, I am spoiled gonna, a lot for me, and I told you I was cool. Yeah, you, you wanted me to say it. I asked, are you sure? You said yes. Uh, uh Apparently, it made $93.5 million last week domestically, which is a lot. It's the best October opening ever. Here's the thing. I don't like super serious movies. This is a super serious movie. I did like it. It's not my cup of tea. And if it didn't have a DC Comics character in it, I never would have seen it. And it's kind of a hard watch. It's... This movie is about mental illness and loneliness and desperation and murder. It's that's the four things it's about mostly. So it's it's very sad movie. You don't walk away from it going, "Well, that was fun." No, it's it's serious. It's a dark, heavy movie. But so, if that's what you like, then go see it. I I'll probably see it again on video at some point, but I'm not in a hurry to. Let me ask you this. At the start of the movie, do they do kind of the sort of DC flipping through the comic pages kind of logo-y stuff like they do with other movies or, say, Marvel movies? No, this was... Okay. It just started out with an old Warner Brothers. You know the old Warner Brothers logo where it's kind of like a little... Uh, just a little square? Wow. Like from okay. the 70s or something well, like... Or early 80s. Of, I love that kind of stuff. That's how it started out. It's kind of a throwback movie. It takes place time, probably early 80s. I've spent time just looking at GIFs, like looking at a page of GIFs of old like studio things like TriStar, the Pegasus jumping over it, and uh-huh. like the older, older, older Paramount stuff or Universal before they had CGI. Right. It's just like a really kind of like almost darkish, like like dark tone I don't think it even said DC <clears throat> Comics at the beginning. Like that's what I maybe was, I missed it, but it was just basically a Warner Brothers movie, a Warner Brothers company. That's what I was leading into saying, like, because we talked a little bit about is the like where the hell is DC at with making movies now? Because you you said maybe I don't think I don't think this is a super spoilery thing of saying like it ends in a way that's maybe ambiguous of whether or not it can be linked to a greater story and. I don't think it's going to be in the Robert Pattinson universe of movies, but there could be, there could be another Joker, a Joker sequel. Like I, I think it was Todd Phillips that had said, you know, uh, Todd Phillips had said something to the effect of that, well, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't the Joker, but he might inspire the Joker. But could then be. I, I kind of feel like them not giving a big comic booky opening thing is almost telling of, well, this is kind of a standalone thing. It's very, it's very different than any other, uh, comic book movie you've ever seen. I feel, I kind of feel like DC's moving into an era of treating their movies the same way they treat their animated features of these. These aren't really connected. We're just telling stories. And that's probably what this is. And that's fine. Like if, if he, if he has zero connection with the Robert Pattinson movies, I'm fine with that. 
I at first when when I saw the trailer, I was like it would be really cool to see him fight Batman. But now I'm like, no, that's not. I don't want this character with Batman. <laughs> I, I just don't. It, it's a very tragic movie, and I don't. I want the Joker to be fun. <laughs> you, you know, evil but fun. Like like the even even the Heath Ledger one, he's clearly disturbed, but there's something fun about the character. This is just very very dark. The, the, the it's very seventies movie. The nurse outfit in Dark Knight, right? Right. Yeah, that was fun. This so, this they, movie is not fun. It's, it's not that. At the beginning of the movie, there there's a radio announcer talking, and they're talking about the garbage strike. So. The streets of Gotham are just, there's piles and piles of garbage everywhere because it hasn't been picked up for Travis, weeks you said you weren't going to spoil anything. That, that's just, <laughs> that kind of sets the tone at the very beginning of the movie about what Gotham is and the people are kind of really desperate and there's a lot of trash people and there's a lot of people just being terrible to one another and the garbage is kind of, it just... It's a it's a glimpse into like the souls of the citizens of Gotham, in my opinion. Okay. But yeah, it's it's a very heavy movie. So I mean, people are gonna like it. It'll probably get nominated for some Oscars. Do you know anything? <laughs> what what even are the Oscars? I can't really put. I don't know. Joaquin Phoenix's performance. It's very it's disturbing. Just even. Just the physical, and you see it in the trailer. It's not giving anything away. The way he like contorts his body, and he's a very damaged person. And it's not all. Is he the beast from glass? Travis, is he the beast from glass? There's kind of a. There's not like a superpower element to him, but there's a very. He's been through a lot of stuff in his life, hmm. and that's not to excuse like the terrible things he does. So like a, a past uh, full of trauma. And then also probably mental illness. It's, I mean, definitely mental illness, the things he does. But yeah, it's it's a heavy movie. That's all. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, for anybody who's going to go see it. But it's it was kind of hard for me to watch, to be honest with you. All right. This might be a hard question to answer, but it is one of the... But I didn't of, dislike it. One of the conversations surrounding the movie. Regardless of quality or what you what your experience was like. Do you feel like there's something about the movie that trash people might be able to adopt in the same way that, like, mm. Fight Club is still a movie. Fight Club is a movie in a vacuum that I watch and like sometimes. But I do know that movie has super been adopted by trash right. people. I would have said no until the last 10 minutes of the movie. And then I think there's a little bit there. Because it's kind, <clears throat> it kind of, and I don't want to give anything away, but it kind of pits the haves versus the have nots and the have nots kind of they're so desperate that they glom on to the joker does that make sense so if you feel like you're a have not and everybody else is uh you know pushed you down your whole life and it's everybody else's fault then that's potentially the people that might get the wrong impression from this movie to me this movie was made to show or at least make a discussion like we're having now about mental illness because there's there's a point in there where he is getting help and getting medication but because of budget cuts that all goes away 
And that's where things really start to fall apart. Do you feel like this movie could be dangerous in emboldening fans of the podcast WTF? No, he's barely in it, actually. <laughs> Everything you see of him in the trailer is basically what really? he does. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Gary Goleman and Sam Morell's in it. For, he's a comic. He, is he De Niro was, in much of it? De Niro's in it a little more than all of them, but not a ton. He's just a. He's a mostly. Um, he's seen on TV for most of it until the very end of the movie. And that's where it takes a turn like, okay, this is where people that are going to get the wrong message might champion this person. <laughs> but to that point, I think it was very much showing that, that it's not a glamorous thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was very just gritty and sad. Anyway, Joker. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to be a pretty serious. I wasn't. I w- I wasn't prepared for just how sad and dark and depressing it was going to be. Like maybe I'll feel different about it tomorrow. I just. I literally got out of the movie and then drove here to the to the late to the party studios. So it's very fresh in my mind. <laughs> yes, it's it's. Up I, I feel a little affected by it, to be honest. So. So it just makes well, me think of other like all the open micers <laughs> that I think are very disturbed and I'm like Ugh. these guys that you're giving the early light to you're like oh, are they going to come back with an army? <laughs> uh so again it, ambiguous whether or not it's going to flow into any of DC's further projects. I don't think it will, but I, I could be wrong. I don't know. So again that that calls into question and uh, honestly it's probably for the best like outside of outside of disney i guess because star wars is kind of the same thing is there should other people who want to create their own universe maybe pump the brakes maybe is that something that only a couple of properties that are owned by disney even though disney is close to owning all of them yeah i think it's really hard to do because i think of movies like uh i think of do you remember Aragon? It was a dragon movie. Like, like yeah. I think uh, Jeremy Irons was in it. Jeremy Irons was in a lot of stuff that was like that. But I think they were they were planning on that becoming a whole series because I remember the ending being very open ended and it what? didn't do well. And it was about the same a little later than Harry Potter. They're like, this is gonna be our big thing. People are gonna love this. And then it didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, that that's a, there's a lot of those. Happened. Well, I mean. I don't think that film series are going to stop happening. Like clearly, you know, Fast and Furious and John Wick are still pumping along. But just those fine. weren't made to be like John Wick was just a small like nobody really. It came out of you nowhere. Know, they're they're going to make more matrixes, matrices. I've actually got that written down here. Uh, yeah, they cast the lead today. It was the guy that played Black Manta in Aquaman. Yeah, I saw that. He's gonna he's gonna be the lead. Yeah, sure. But I think a lot of not but always idea, like the Harry Potter movies, obviously. That was going to be a series. There's still, uh, I guess, Harry Potter something that they're still, you know, we're still getting uh, Fantastic Beast stuff. And mm-hmm. did I, did it feel like I heard that they were making another one of those? No, they're, else they're, of those? Uh, J.K. Rowling is going to write a sequel book to The Cursed Child, which is basically a play. So she's going to write another, <laughs> okay. another play to go with that, oh. basically. So, and people, because she 
she basically dropped a hint like something new is coming from Harry Potter. Ooh. So everybody instantly like, oh, it's new movies, blah, blah. And she quickly came out and said, no, 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 that's not what it is. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a person. I... I'm I'm sad to say, Trav. I think Star Wars in Star Wars and Marvel stuff, I have gotten to a point where my dark future has been realized. Of like, I, it's getting a little too much for me, and it's it's out of my hand. It's kind of out of my hands now. It's that's why I think I feel like I, I feel I felt I felt seen for a while mm-hmm. and was really enjoying it. And when I wasn't looking, it hit a tipping point of like, this isn't for me anymore. I think it's smart that Marvel has kind of taken some time after Endgame. Of course, I've. Spider-Man was coming out. But after that, it's kind of a, a break of almost a year before anything else comes out. So I think that's a good... What, is any of the TV stuff coming? Uh, I think Mar- the Shield is... Stuff? I think this is the last year of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, that, that stuff I'm not... And then, like the Disney Plus stuff is the stuff that is like super direct MCU stuff. I don't like, think that stuff Agents is, of Shield? is till like the mid-2020 type stuff. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a show that... I get the impression like it's about the MCU, but it doesn't really feel like it takes place in the MCU. It has a they character that was in the movies. They reference things that happen in the movies, yeah, but I they mean, don't. It, they so don't did the, the Netflix themselves? So did the Netflix things? But it, as those went on and on, it became clear like these aren't really part of those movies. At least in Shield, they'll at least say Captain America or Iron Man, <laughs> you know? Shield dude or Hammer guy. From yeah, the, yeah, and the incident. But uh, yeah, as far as like series, like they wanted to do the dark universe with all of the universal monsters. That one that is, didn't take off. That I, one was an it's amazing, hard. That was a spectacular flop. Even Star Wars was just something that George Lucas did. I mean, everybody says, and he says, "Yeah, I had plans for ten movies or something." Like, did he really? There's no guarantee Star Wars was going to take off, but it did, and that's what led to. Well, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Return things of the that Jedi I've listened and, to and seen and read, like it, it really feels like George Lucas has a a different vision of what he thought he was. Like, there are people from that era that say, like, no, he he didn't like. The impression I get is George Lucas is a guy who had a really cool idea for a universe, right? And was surrounded with with a by a bunch of really talented people who kind of took all those really like really golden pieces and molded them into this amazing thing. I mean, he kind of got lightning in a bottle with the people that he surrounded himself oh, yeah, with. Like, yeah. He got John Williams. John Williams had done uh, like Jaws, maybe a couple other things. But that Star Wars score, look look at John Williams's career since then. It's yeah. amazing. The people that worked on the the special effects, they've gone to work on every huge movie you can think of and it just all these people that had a part in that in those first three movies have gone to do so many other things it was lightning in a bottle hearing about things like that george lucas's original idea was that at the at the cave on dagobah him he and yoda were going to summon anakin's ghost (laughs) through the force i've never heard this before yeah yeah wow i mean it's it's it was from uh, listening to Star Wars Minute. They I would think, talk about a lot of that stuff. They would go back to like stuff that's available, like original script ideas that George Lucas had. And it's like, it feels very Star Warsy, but in that prequel thing, that's like, oh, you know, it's a very George Lucas idea that no one said, George, maybe we should run this. Maybe we should try a couple of pat downs on this, like shave a few things off of it. I always felt, even as a kid, that 
he thought of Luke and Leia being brother and sister after yeah. after Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. Because if he went into it and they kiss and he went into it with that, that's that's some issues right there. He must have thought about that while he was writing Return of the Jedi and then probably thought, eh, nobody's ever going to see these films again. They just have to go to the movies to see them. Yeah, stuff like that. It, you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's not it's not treading huge territory that George Lucas was maybe a little little less than genuous about that stuff. And I I just look at it as it, he's it he would probably uh, benefit from maybe maybe giving old. Well, I mean, he's an old man now. It don't matter anymore. But it, he has nothing to do with probably him now. around prequel era, maybe Phantom Menace era. He maybe would have done well to follow a trajectory where he went like, uh. Maybe I really do need these people to help rein me in. Instead of going like, instead of the, the prequels are the prequels are so weird. <laughs> they are so weird in the way that like, it, I guess if you can give any credit to it, Phantom Menace is at least a pure clear vision. Right. The movies after that are still the movies after that are George Lucas being like, fine, you want it this way. Well, I'm still gonna kind of do it my way, but you know. I'm taking back these things. We're not going to talk about Metaclorians anymore. <laughs> Fine, but you know we're we're still going to make Attack of the Clones. That's I, I I think it's it's widely regarded as the worst of the movies is fan, or Attack yeah, of the Clones. Yeah, I mean there's cool stuff in there. I always say this whenever I talk about the the prequels. The Darth Maul stuff is cool, and the Pod Race is cool. Uh, Everything else, Darth Maul stuff's cool. I'm not as Qui Gon Jinn is cool. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not a fan of the pod race, but I'm not gonna get mad at someone who thinks it's really cool. Qui Gon Jinn, pretty all right, pretty all right. Qui Gon Jinn is definitely one of the biggest things that, if they had some people helping him polish that a little bit, could have been way more iconic. Right. No, for sure. Uh, you know, Obi Wan of those movies. Obi Wan across those movies, pretty good for the most part. I'll give it that. I'm excited for the series. Sure. But we were talking about Joker. Hey. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's it's beautifully filmed. There's scenes. oh crap! I, I already got rid of the, the Rip Taylor stuff. I couldn't oh, break okay. in with more Rip facts. Was was he ever in Batman? We'll never know. The '60s Batman. We'll never know. Did he ever do the Batuzzi? Yeah, he had to have done the Batuzzi film, at some point. I'm sure he definitely did at some <laughs> point. But the Wikipedia is gone. There's no way I can ever know anything about Rip Taylor ever again. Well, Joker, very. It's a good movie. It is a really good movie. It's beautifully filmed. Uh, the I like the soundtrack a lot. It's very serious, and it's it it hopefully. Uh, and I've I've heard heard other people make this point. Hopefully, it gets people discussing mental illness and what society needs to do about that. I mean, if <laughs> that that would be nice, if actual problems with that can't get people like really high visibility problems with that can't get people talking about it i'm not sure that the joker movie will but like that would be nice certainly yeah but sometimes i think art can uh move that in somebody more than even reality can it is that a sad thing to say but mm. i think it's true because there are points in this movie where he is searching for help and he's telling people it says that in one of the trailers, all I have are dark thoughts. And he still gets kind of just like swept under the rug. And if somebody had had done their job and helped him, 
maybe the outcome of the ending in the movie would have been avoided. I guess it'll be interesting to see, because I think in the point of that trailer, uh, the Joker is a character... The Joker is a character that I've always felt a little weird about how accepted into culture of like, wow, the Joker's a cool guy. I want to be the Joker is like... Well, I mean, you start with like Cesar Romero or even like the Mark Hamill Joker, and they're fun. I guess it's... They're villains, but they're fun. I have always been really... Like anytime I've seen someone post like a meme of, you know, the Joker and Harley Quinn and be like relationship goals, I'm like, that's Yeah, that's a very toxic relationship. Mar- Mark Hamill's which, Joker was always bad to Harley Quinn. Was always really bad to Harley Quinn. And uh, the new Birds of Prey movie, it's even in the trailer, it well, it's called it's the Harley Quinn the talking about how is, is it the emancipation of Harley Quinn or of, something like yeah, that? Of the subtitle? Miss Harley Quinn or something like that. Harleen Quinzel or Yeah. So it and shouldn't, it, have, shouldn't have done that. It's but. her talking about how terrible he was to her and that she needs to get away and be her own person. Now she's yeah. still gonna be a villain, obviously. But But like I mean, look, Cesar Romero was supposed to be super fun. I think it's just Margot Robbie trying to distance herself from uh, Jared Leto. That, <laughs> That's what the whole movie's about. Her. I'm not going to blame her for that. I'm not going to blame her for that. I think it's everyone trying to distance themselves from that portrayal. That's again, like, again, that is one of those things of like, where is DC at? The Jared Leto Joker thing was so ill-informed. I think that's a dangerous thing to do as far as how you mentioned earlier, and we've talked about it before, that DC is just going to kind of, this movie is its own story. This movie is its own story. When you give people that kind of freedom to reinvent the character, everybody's going to try and do some crazy thing that's never <clears throat> been done before. Where the Marvel Universe, you have a character storyline and you have more uh, structure. But this is just going to get like both batty, both to use a those- pun. <laughs> Both of those, both of those scenarios have their pros and cons. Like, yeah, you you have the pros of like a Chris Hemsworth really puts a stamp on Thor. At the same time, Marvel, Disney's Marvel has a, they have very much a tone. Like mm-hmm. as much as um, like Thor Ragnarok is a Taika Waititi movie, it is still definitely still in that Disney universe. And so there there are certain auteur type directors. Like, I appreciated the idea of when a hero movie came out that, you know, like, hey, Christopher Nolan couldn't make Batman in the DC universe they were trying to do. Right. No, it's definitely a completely different tone. I respect the idea. I would, it it would be nice maybe with Marvel if they could have a little bit of that where they could make like a, uh, you know, I don't know, what have you, take, I don't know, any of those characters. Like, I you know. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is beloved for a good reason. The Iron Man that I know of, having read comics, I would like to be able to tackle some of what's really bad about Tony Stark. And they just kind of touched on it a little bit. You can't do that with the kind of movies that Disney's making. And that's, that's, that's relatively fine. But it's sto- it, there are interesting stories that I would like to be able to be told. And if you can have a little bit more room for anthology the way DC is, you can tell some of those stories. You can tell... You know, there there are a lot of really cool. Uh, I mean, that's what comics are. Comics are they do make those anthology stories that have nothing to do with the continuity, right? And and somehow that gets widely accepted. I mean, um, you know, the whole old man Logan character that became the movie Logan was based on kind of an interlude between 
between uh, major storylines that they they told this like four part story of like a an old Logan and like this this really really depressing idea of what could happen at the end of the Marvel universe. Yeah. And I don't think it wasn't ever accepted as the real end. It was just a story they told in the middle to bridge a couple of major storylines. Right. And then it came back and they found a way to introduce that character into the actual like 616 universe and told some really cool stories there. I came up with a good way for Marvel to introduce and again, Wolverine. Like said, it became it became the movie Logan, which is r- really pretty good. I still haven't seen Logan. Hey, if you didn't like Joker being depressing, <laughs> I don't know that you're going to like Logan being depressing. But although Logan has fun moments. Okay. So my, my idea to introduce Logan is now you have Smart Hulk, right? So yeah. you can just got like, out of nowhere, here comes Wolverine. And somebody's like, who's that? And then you see a flashback of Hulk when he was just like angry Hulk fighting Wolverine and it's Hulk versus Wolverine. Even if it's like five minutes long, hey man, that's, that's how Wolverine was introduced into the Marvel universe. So but that's how you bring him into the movies is it's a flashback and it's just a fun fight of them fighting. And now it's like so many years later and Hulk smart. <laughs> I mean, it's, <clears throat> and they've got to get past that. It could, it'd be a little rivalry. It would be fun. I guess it's, it's a way that it works is, you know, the, the whole point of Wolverine that they don't get into as much in the movies is Wolverine's Canadian. Mm-hmm. The MCU movies don't really deal with Canada. Does Canada exist? Just kidding. Of yeah. course it exists. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned Hulk. That actually, that's a good bridge to something I've been doing this week. That, that, that kind of even uh, relates to this is uh, Comixology had a, a nice sale and I picked up uh, three trades of a... Uh, what I had heard was really an interesting series called The Immortal Hulk. Ah. And it's <clears throat> it's based on like look, if you if look, spoilers for Marvel Civil War Two, like uh Bruce Banner Bruce Banner let Hawkeye kill him. Um, okay. Not not to get it too long, just basically uh Bruce at some point got with Hawkeye and said, Hey, things are getting weird. I'm gonna give you this specific gamma arrow here's where you have to shoot me in the head if you get an idea that i'm gonna if i'm gonna lose control because i've I've caused this much damage i don't want to lose control anymore if i'm gonna lose control i trust you to do the right thing and he does he shoots him and kills him and he does die and he does die but no one dies in the marvel universe right i remember in the movies the references even hulk or uh ruffalo basically talks about how he tried to off himself yeah, that is something that... And the Hulk wouldn't let it well, happen. But that's the... Yeah, that, that's the... Uh, and I've seen that in the comics, too. And that had been a thing, a going thing for a long time. But and, and again, whatever people decide to write can become what it is. Yeah, for sure. So, supposedly Bannard figured out how to die. He stayed dead for a little while. This series supposes the idea that anyone who is a Hulk or Hulk... Like, anyone that's been created through Gamma... The the thing that they are when the gamma takes over is immortal. Can't can't die. So like his spirit or does no, the just body like die? The Hulk never dies. And, and okay. And by that rationale, like what about Banner? Does Banner stay? Well, that's alive? what I'm saying. By that rationale, Banner doesn't die either. Like, okay. There are several times in this comic that Banner gets killed and he just turns into the Hulk, and then when the Hulk goes back, Banner's fine again. Because that would be pretty interesting if it killed Banner, but not the Hulk. I mean, I haven't gotten. I, that's the thing is I think the series is still ongoing and I'm in the third trade of it and I think that 
I think that there there were some references to Banner that is still dead. He it, it just like a living corpse of some sort. But that it, it's pretty. It, it's really pretty interesting. And I will say honestly, it it uh, it detracts from it that it takes part. It, it ta- it's taking place in Marvel continuity because it's it's actually kind of a horror book. There's hmm. a lot of body horror going on and a lot of really. There's a lot of really disturbing things going on and some things that uh, maybe if you're going to keep continuity going with this, they're going to have to reconcile with some pretty dark things that the Hulk's... Like they, the, I don't know if you knew this necessarily, of that the Hulk has different personas, right? I mean, the idea with the, the one in the MCU, the smart Banner, is just that Banner kind of took over with the strength of the Hulk. But the comic version, there are like... A, are, you, are you familiar with the Joe Fixit version, the Grey Hulk? Uh, the gray Hulk, like Hulk was originally gray, but that's well, all Hulk I know. Hulk was originally gray, but they also created for a while, there was a persona that the Hulk called, I think it was called Joe Fixit. No. That's like the Hulk of its kind of, he's gray and he's kind of a dick. Hmm. He's like smarter, but he's kind of a dick. Hmm. Well, they're, they're doing the one in this one that they refer to as the devil Hulk. Ugh. And the devil Hulk is like kind of, I'm still kind of piecing it together and still kind of trying to absorb it, but like. The resurrected Devil Hulk is kind of like out for vengeance for things and in kind of a really uh, darker, meaner way. So, hmm. and right now they're in hell with a Hulk that has been severely <laughs> nice. drained. And I, part of the body horror of it is this is a drained Hulk that has very flappy skin and some of the action sequences are really gross looking. <laughs> so it does it tie in with like a Ghost Rider hell? Is it the same hell or a different hell? Boy, and that also is, um, I'm not sure if hell is the, if it's the same hell or if it's another, there's some concept of, there, there's some sort of ethereal magical concept of a green door that these, these uh, Hulk, these What's like gamma the green Hulk. green door? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think there was, I think there's, yeah, there's references like behind the green door, but <laughs> it's, it's a pretty fascinating read that. Honestly, when it gets tied back into what's going on in the in the the six one six universe, detract like really slows it down. I think for me, honestly, this would benefit way more from being like we're telling a very like in a bottle story that mm-hmm. you know Captain Marvel's not going to show up or the Avengers aren't going to show up. You know, or at it's least all not very the, confusing. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting and it's been a really highly regarded and popular storylines. So, you know, the Disney has basically taken most of their most popular storylines and found a way to weave it into the MCU. Boy, this one would be a real hard fit, but it's been really popular. So I, it wouldn't surprise me to see them try to do it a little bit. You know what these companies should do? It would require them giving the writers and the illustrators actual credit and money. So they're never going to do it. Yeah. But if it was, okay, yeah, I was going to say, re- name, name, say, name your favorite uh, just, writer. When you said what they, these company, these corporations really should do, the immediate thing that came to mind was like, you mean distribute their wealth well? Like you basically hit the nail on the head. Like, yeah, they should do that. They're not going to. Let's say they let uh, Jeff Johns create his own universe. So he had his own DC universe. Or so-and-so had their own Marvel universe. And just let them write stories about characters and then it doesn't have to match up with everybody else's universe because that's just their idea about of the like universe. Their, their version of the Marvel universe or yeah. do you mean I mean that's that's what these stories that's what that's what old man Logan was. That's what um I know he, but actually title it that like William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet it'd be 
so and so's uh, Hulk. They kind of become and, that, but that, I mean, like uh, that's what um, that's what Arrow's doing. They're doing, or at least they're they're touching on Kingdom Come. That's what uh, Brandon Ralph Superman is from. Is the Kingdom mm-hmm. Come storyline slash universe? That's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to the the crossover. I read today that uh, Black Lightning is going to be on the Wave Rider. I got to say... Um, and Black Lightning hasn't been a part of those universes yet. He so this will over. Yeah, this will be his first introduction yeah, to all the I gotta other say, characters. If I were, if I were more of a Black Lightning is actually a pretty great show if, if you've I, never watched it. Yeah, it's, Gabe really likes it. If I were more of a DCU fan, what they're doing to close out Arrow is pretty impressive. I'd be way into it. Seems yeah, like they're touching on a lot of really cool classic stuff. Yeah, I know. I, it's starting up. I think Flash started a couple days ago. I think this Sunday is uh, Batwoman. Apparently, it's not getting good reviews. I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> Never know what that means. I don't know either. I'm just going to watch it for myself and, <laughs> and see. The concept of reviews. I'll probably are, like it. The concept of reviews are so weird and flawed. I think, we're, yeah. Try Try things for yourself and see if you like it. I, I've always said, like, uh, f- you just seek out a reviewer who either writes or talks in a way that you really like and really focus on them. And don't pick people you think agree with you. Pick people mm-hmm. that you really can get a bead for what they like and don't like. And, like, e- Roger Ebert, uh, as sometimes flawed as he would be, brilliant writer and wrote in a way that I could definitely tell if I read an Ebert review, even if he hated the film, I'd be able to tell like, oh, I would like that. That's the way. If you don't like something and you uh, explain why you didn't like it, that's a good review. But if you go, it sucked, that's not a review. You know, I love I love Giant Bomb for video games. Uh, guys like Jeff Gersman or Vinny Caravella or any of the guys on like that, I've been listening to him for so long and gotten so dialed in on their personalities that... If they love, they can love something. I can go like, ah, it's not for me. Or they could hate something. I'm like, yeah, that's totally my jam. It's just right, you know. So when you hear like something's get a, a getting bad reviews, like I don't, I don't know what that means. <sighs> Reviewers can be bought and sold know. very easily, for sure. Oh yeah, you know, especially sure. when, when you get when you get below the crust of like you know more accredited people. Like influencers can be. Can be approached and bought pretty easily. Ooh, influencer is like a dirty, dirty word to me. I think because you're trying. I here's here's the thing I don't like about the world today. Influencers, whether it or the people complain about PC culture, all these things. The thing I don't like about all of this stuff is when somebody tries to control how other people think. If you that is not new. That's dirty. No, I know, <laughs> but I, I just oh, I hate it. I love people, even if they disagree with me 100%, if it's their own thoughts, I think, okay, all right, well, that's how you think. But if it's just spouting because other people told you to think that way, oh, I hate that. I just, it drives me crazy. I mean, I don't I even hate know people I'm, being manipulated I, into I hope I thinking. Not, I hope I am not using, like... It's the difference between appropriating an opinion and actually informing you. Cause right. I, and then they gonna, they use it as their personality. This is my personality now. If you're going to inform an opinion, <laughs> the only way you can do that is get out there and listen to people who are trying to tell you what your opinion should be. I, yeah, but I, I think if you look at both sides or multiple views of something and form your own opinion, I think you're a rock star and good for you. 
but yeah, it's just, I think it's so dirty and corporations do it with advertising. It's, oh, yeah. it's so, it's just, uh, it gives me like the icky douche chills the when, when I feel like people are trying to donk, donk. tell people how they should think. It just, ugh, I don't like it. I don't like it. That's why whenever I say like, uh, I disagree with a comic, but they should be able to say it. That's why it's because you shouldn't. I don't I don't like what some comedians say, but I'm not going to say they shouldn't say it because I think we should all be able to have thoughts and doesn't mean there shouldn't be consequences. Of course, if it's yeah, if I, it's something bad, consequences are part of life, I just like rewards. Do. I don't think I don't think I, I guess I don't think people shouldn't be able. I, I mean, I guess I don't know. There, there are levels of like kind of hate speech that are so damaging that I'm like, we, people people need to be I guess that's a consequence, I guess. People should be able to say whatever they want. There are lot. There is a wide spectrum of consequences. Like, yeah, go ahead, right. go ahead and say the n word all you want. You will reap the worst consequences for it and deserve it. My opinion on the n word is <laughs> just kidding. I I, I just wish I like, just wish I. It's not a word I use or ever plan to use. I would strongly and encourage I would, people not to use it. Yeah, I would encourage not it, to people. That's your right. You're gonna get the. You're going to get the horns for it, man. But I would say also, if you don't want like suburban white kids to use it, don't use it in your rap, maybe. Or think, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just different. I know right? it's different. And I, I completely acknowledge that there, it is their word. I, but you know, they're buying your music and you're making it cool to say it and they're going to do it because they're stupid. You know what I mean? Kids are stupid. They are. I was stupid when I was a kid, and I was probably a kid till I was thirty-five. Really. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't don't make Fast and Furious movies because dumb white kids are gonna go street race and yeah, I get mean, into wrecks. Yeah. I don't it's know. The, it's the common sense of it is like. But if you if the car makers were the ones complaining about the kids doing it, that would that's different. outside or here <laughs> i think i think we've gotten into we've gotten into like analogy paralysis <laughs> or reference paralysis so you saw joker right i saw joker let's talk about i got some things written down okay uh i finally saw idiocracy oh no kidding i i, I haven't even seen it seen it oh really see i i um, know reference points to it Full disclosure, I was kind of tired and I dozed off a little bit, but I think I caught most of it. I kind of want him to do like a series of it. That there that has to have been floated. That I think has it was, to have been floated. I think it would be a good series. It really would. I maybe think. it's maybe it's in that place where like uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone or any number or sometimes writers from the Onion I'll hear they saying about it is like. I mean, it was Mike Judge. Mike it's, Judge has done series before. Well, maybe it's this. Even uh, if it was a cartoon. But like um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone said they were going to stop doing uh, things about Trump because it just was probably too funny. easy. The, the, uh, it was it's kind not of even it was a like, challenge. It's like the stuff we come up, he's being, the, we can't satire him anymore. He right. is his own satire. Right. And like maybe Idiocracy is like, they want to do a series, but like, Things are in a place right now where we can't do, we can't satire it because the actual reality is just as bad. I, when I see comics do Trump jokes, it's either people get upset and storm out, which, by the way, people get more upset about Trump jokes than if they made fun of Jesus, 
which is bananas mm. in, in in my brain. Like I Jesus, I, I can see I somebody person. getting upset about a Jesus joke, but getting upset about a Trump joke and people get way more upset about Trump. I promise you that. So anyway, uh, when somebody makes a Trump joke, either people get upset or they applaud. Nobody laughs at a Trump joke. <laughs> it's either, yeah, yeah, good job, righteous indignation, well, uh, clapping. But that's not what stand-up's it's what for. You, it's what you were saying earlier is the easiest, kind of the easiest onboarding for being a stand-up is not as much writing jokes, but write. I'm just <laughs> saying what y'all thinking. But I think that's probably what I get out of Trey and Matt saying they're not going to do Trump jokes anymore because it's... It's either people just getting upset or going, yes, you're right. You're right. Well, they're trying to write something funny. So I can see just like, all right, we're not even going to deal with that anymore because we want to be funny. I have I have no idea. Yeah. Okay, what was that? Oh, Idiocracy. <laughs> you saw Joker, right? <laughs> I did see Joker. Uh, I also saw Superbad. Huh. In the, these, are, these are movies that uh, both of these were... Uh, things that you know everybody always references, but I had never seen. Superbad's okay. It's a it's a teenage movie. If I'd have seen it when I was seventeen years old, I probably would have loved it. But I'm forty two, so it's yeah. it's all right. Yeah, there's some funny stuff in it, but it's also there's some stupid stuff. <laughs> like it didn't hit me like I it feel hit like other people. I again, I haven't it seen was fine. super. I haven't seen Superbad. Things I hear about it, I get the. I get the impression that if you like anyone involved in that, there are way better things you could see any of them doing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was, it was okay. It's not the must see for anybody involved in that. No, I saved this one for last because <gasps> I really liked it. <gasps> uh, Overlord. Have you seen Overlord? Overlord. Okay, it's about soldiers in World War Two. Oh II. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a. Is Overlord a um? What'd you call it a? Um, it's a horror a movie. Is it a clo- Is it Cloverfield connected? I don't know. I mean, J.J. Abrams produced it. He didn't direct it, but he did produce it. I think I remember hearing about... Is it about, connected to... I don't I know. I think I remember hearing about that being... And it... Maybe it's a it bad more, robot movie. Because from what I understood, like a lot of... Uh, like uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and the Cloverfield, Cloverfield Paradox. Paradox. Yeah. What they what they did Which for a while... Which I haven't seen either one of those yet. 10 Cloverfield Lane is really good. It's got John Goodman. It's got John Goodman in it. The, that movie I really like a lot, except for the, oddly enough, except for maybe the end where they do uh, tie it into Cloverfield. Oh, really? Cloverfield Paradox is glorious trash. Wasn't that completely nothing to do with it, but they tried to tie it in at the very well, end I mean, or that's something what, like that? From what I understand, both those movies were J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, bought up scripts that he thought were cool and said, hey, we'd love to make your project, but we want to tie it in with Cloverfield. Here's the thing. I didn't notice anything that has and to I do with Cloverfield. I thought I heard Overlord, Overlord was that her. Maybe who, if there was something in there, I probably just missed it. Yeah. But when I, I remember seeing like the trailer and commercials for it, and I thought it was like devils or demons or something like that. But it's not. It's basically a super soldier serum gone wrong. Oh, yeah. And that's what the these soldiers are fighting against. So the the, the crux of the story is... They get dropped into France. They've got to knock down this tower because the tower is the communication hub that's going to, when it's down, it's going to allow everybody to storm uh, Omaha Beach. So it's this big historical thing on the outside of this movie that if 
if they don't do their job, then we're not going to storm Omaha Beach and defeat the Nazis. But they go to this little town and they find out basically that there's these Nazi scientists. And this movie's a couple years old now. Damn it, Nazis. The Nazi scientists have been working on like a super soldier serum. So there's all these. And it's very like horror movie, like people like heads talking, not attached to a body, like all these crazy science experiments. And uh, it, it deforms the people and they become something different almost like a jekyll and hyde like just crazy so it it is scary and there's jump scares in it and there's a lot of gore but there's a lot of like really good uh like headshots and stuff like that kind of grindhousey kind of like yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's really fun but it's kind of based in reality in that it's like Nazis trying to do scientific, which they did. They did science experiments on people, which is a horrible thing in history. But I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a really fun movie. Sure. So check out Overlord. Travis, you still haven't treated yourself yet. I can't find Point Break. I'm going to have to rent it (laughs) from Netflix as a disc. And I... I still have uh, Rocky two and three. I've had them for about a year. I've had, yeah, I, I've had what we do in the shadows for a good while. I'm incredibly lazy. Up next for mine on my Netflix queue, I have the the Foreigner, the Jackie Chan movie. Ooh, that, that's Jackie that, Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. That's right. We were going to talk we about were, Pierce, we were talking Pierce Brosnan. About Pierce Brosnan early because well, we got into we got into Batman talk and we taught you know. Uh, I guess this is before we started recording. Have we heard anything about if Pattinson's been signed on for multiple movies or he's just going to make a Batman movie? It's possibly a trilogy. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's multiple movies, but I don't know exactly how many. What got us into that was connecting it to uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah. Is rumored to be played by one Pierce Brosnan. The Bras. The Bras. (laughs) (laughs) And we we were asking, how old is The Bras? The the bras is I think we figured out was it the bras is sixty three, he was sixty six, sixty six, sixty six years so, old, a little bit of sagging in the bras, <laughs> but we looked up a picture he's still a very strikingly handsome man. Oh yeah yeah, a guy a guy like the bras that that handsome doesn't go away. But just, uh, you kind of had a problem with him playing. Well, it, Alfred, it uh, it. <sighs> Marissa yeah, Tomei, what was the analogy? Yeah, Marissa Tomei has been very good as Aunt May. Oh yeah, she's super good. I have a lot of affection for grandmotherly Aunt May, and I don't want to <laughs> disparage the good name right. of Marissa Tomei. But the the bras as Alfred Pennyworth seems like a bit of a Marissa Tomeying of the character. They are definitely Benjamin so, Buttoning Alfred and Aunt May. <laughs> my my question is who is going to be who in the DCU is going to be horny for Alfred? I don't know. Maybe there's like a an older Catwoman. Is it going to be maybe like Catwoman's a milf? Commissioner or Catwoman's Gordon? a cougar. She's cougar woman. Commissioner Gordon's going to be played by a woman, and she's going to be could like, be. Hey, hey, Bruce. You're Alfrey uh, Woodard <laughs> as Commissioner Gordon. Okay. And she has a history with with Pierce Brosnan. I forgot had they cast Alfred. Commissioner Gordon. I don't think so. Was Commissioner Gordon in J- Joker? No. Why am I talking like no. this? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just it's been a long day. I, I don't guess. know. Oof. Uh, but yeah, like, if if Pierce Brosnan is is Alfred, I feel like someone's gonna have to be horny for him. I don't know. I mean, my initial thought was Egghead, but in um, 
Maybe, was, maybe. Uh, what's wrong with an older Catwoman? Uh, am I getting like mixed stuff from that era? Wasn't there like an elderly aunt character in uh, the Adam West era? I've got, I've got it. Who? You bring back Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. But look, I'm on board already. <laughs> she's not the same Catwoman. She's a different Catwoman, she's, but she's Catwoman. She'll always be that Catwoman. And baby. she's still very lovely. I'm sure she could still. She's still got the acting chops to do it. She would. She would be bridging that gap, being an MCU and a DCU film character. She's somebody that somebody of Robert Pattinson's age in their thirties could still go. Wow, she's she's pretty hot. And then also Alfred to be like, yes, she is. That won't that won't go away. That I don't think that'll ever go away from Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying bring her in. She's like a she's a cougar cougar cat woman. She's a little older, but she's still very lovely. She's and they gonna, can both, it can be like a love triangle. She's going to have it bad, have it bad, have it bad. She's hot for Butler. Yeah. Instead of like uh, Batman and Robin having the hots for uh, Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin. They cast Poison Ivy, didn't they? Oh, I don't know. Have they? Uh, was, uh, I think it was uh, Aaliyah maybe was. I guess I should look at that. I think they did cast that and I want to say I know they Aaliyah. were looking at, at Catwoman and they were looking, I think, for a... a an African-American woman to play Catwoman. But I, I hadn't heard anything about Poison Ivy. Um, let me look at that. I'm pretty sure. Because I, I know I, they were looking at like Rihanna for a time. I don't know if they Rihanna. ever came down. I was, like Aaliyah died in the 90s. So I know well, it's then, not Aaliyah. Then it is definitely not Aaliyah. <laughs> she died in a plane crash in uh, the 90s. Boy, I'm real bad at this then. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to keep up with my brain. Uh, R. Kelly married Aaliyah when she was like 17 years old or 16, maybe. Boy, I really stuck my face in that one, didn't I? <laughs> well, R. Kelly. Hey, Jake. Really stuck my face on that <laughs> I one? I really stuck my face in that one. Yeah, it was Rihanna. Okay. It's just a rumor. Yeah, I don't know if they actually cast it, but I did hear they were looking. It was a rumor. I so. think they were even talking about Tessa Thompson. So Aaliyah could still be in the running. So maybe it can't be Catwoman, because I had forgotten that they're looking to make... <laughs> Catwoman, uh, uh, African American character. So it can't be Catwoman. What other? Who else could it be? What? Did they have the hots for Alfred? Um. I mean, I guess we could always uh, maybe Commissioner Gordon's a woman. Characters that were. Oh, we talked about what, that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the Penguin's a woman. Rhea Perlman's going to be hot for Rhea Pierce Brosnan. Take that, Pierce Danny Brosnan. DeVito. Pierce, Bros- Pierce Bros. not. They had a nasty divorce, and she takes over the... Did they have a nasty divorce? I think so, yeah. Are they divorced? I, yeah, I think, I it, no I think it didn't end well. Guess I should look Rhea that up. Rhea Perlman. She is... Uh, look, when those two got married, it's like... It's the match made in heaven. Like They are who is made for one another. Yeah, I mean... Not to say that the people that look like them can't marry other people that don't look like them. <laughs> well, yes, certainly. But, I mean, look, let's not beat around the bush. Danny DeVito is a human anomaly. Yeah, I mean, he's not, I he's not adore a dwarf, Danny DeVito, but he's also I adore Danny short. DeVito, but he is, he's, uh, there is no one like Danny DeVito. We, we were talking about Ed Asner earlier. That he was like 36 when he played uh, whatever his character was on uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. He was 36. Oh, How old was Danny DeVito in Taxi? Separated in October 2012. 
Yeah, it's been a up while. On the seven year anniversary. Oh. oh, however, in March 2013, it was reported they had reconciled. Oh wow! Uh, the couple later separated again for a second time in 2017. They tried to keep it together. If they can't make it, who can? That's what I want to know. Although the two no longer live together, Perlman said she has no intent of filing for for divorce from Diane DeVito. They're still married? Perlman's an active Democrat. It's just at the end of that sentence. I'm sure that had something to do with the marriage. So I guess is I, Danny DeVito not a Democrat? I don't think. so. I know he's best friends with. I, or excuse uh, me, I do. I, I think he is. He's best friends with George Clooney. So. I think he is of the Democratic persuasion. Yeah, I would. I would just assume that. Look up real quick. Uh, look up Taxi. How old? How old? How old was Danny DeVito in the show Taxi? Boy, you, you, look, you're, you're okay. Or how old is he now? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to stretch for a minute. I've got a beep boop boop boop. It's just one of those like Rip Taylor thing, like. Whoa, he was only 84? It seems like he's been around well, Danny way DeVito, before we were ever born. Twins, Danny DeVito was probably in his 30s in Twins. 30s? That blows my mind. How, well, old, how old is he? Schwarzenegger is obviously fairly Schwarzenegger, young I think, is like 72. I think and, I looked it up the other day. And Schwarzenegger, is, he's in his 30s in Twins. He seems pretty young in Twins. Twins was what, like 91 maybe? Golly. All right, Trav, boy, I got a lot of work to do, so you got to use your mouth. Danny for me, DeVito buddy. age. How old is Danny no, DeVito now? We're going to twin. We're going to twins. Okay, twins. Twins was it's a nineteen eighty eight movie. Eighty eight. Wow. So, oh crap! I went to the Wikipedia. I need to go to the IMDb. <laughs> crap on a crap cracker. And they still haven't remade that movie. I always thought uh, I f- the Rock and uh, Kevin Hart should have made twins. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So we're looking at uh, Dito DeVito Mosquito. The only thing is Kevin Hart is also very, very ripped. He's much smaller than The Rock, but, but he's in really good package. shape. All right, so 88, so uh, that's 30. That's that's about 10 years, years after Taxi. 31 years ago. Okay, 31 years ago. So Taxi would have been about 41 years ago. <sighs> Schwarzenegger was born in 47. Wow. So yeah, I guess he was... He was 41 in that. He looks fairly young in Twins. Well, I mean, it, it, he would have been like, he would have been about 40. How old is DeVito? DeVito that's Mosquito. What we, that's what we got to know. How old is DeVito? He was born in 44. Swoo. 44, so he's he's 70, what, 75? Is so, Danny yeah. DeVito 75? Wow. So he was probably 35 when Taxi came out. Oh yeah, we gotta look for taxi. He was Ed Asnerning. Asnerning. I can't I even am, say it. My mentally Asnering. Uh, you know what, Trav? What? There is a movie Watch in I... pre-production, Triplets. Triplets featuring Danny DeVito as Vincent Benedict, <laughs> which is the character he was in Twins. Trav. All right. Is Schwarzenegger in it? Uh, and they're gonna bring. I guess in I could look at that. Diane place. Keaton is the long lost triplet. I am going to foolishly look at triplets and see. I gotta who's know. Currently, I gotta know. <laughs> Travis, I'm gonna give you three. Perlman. I'm gonna give you three thousand guesses on this one. Okay, Richard Simmons. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are tied to it, and one other person, and I'm not going to tell you. One other person. Okay. One other person. Is it, is it to, the same race as those this is, two? This is the, the clue I'm going to give you is that they are human. 
and the, there were no other clues. Just start guessing, buddy. Don't don't try okay, to narrow I'm gonna, it down. I'm going to try. Guess. No, I have to narrow it down. The funniest joke would be if it was a person from another race. That would be the funniest joke. Now, ooh, I'm going to go Danny Trejo. No. Okay. Uh, Danny Glover. No. Danny McBride. I'm running out of Danny's. No. Okay. Is it a Danny? It is not a Danny. Okay. Okay. I can. De- Devito is in there, so that's. What, um, is it? Is it a white person? I don't want to tell you anything about this. No, Travis. we. This is 21 questions. Is it a white person? I don't want to tell you anything about this, Travis. I feel like you could go so much further just throwing it out there. Who is about their age? Who is about their age? 70s Travis, uh, Harrison basi- Ford. I'm going to basically give it away for you. Give it who away, give it away, their, give it away now. Who is about their age and is working pretty hard on a resurgence right now? Working uh, Mel Gibson? No. No, okay. Mel Gibson? Richard Simmons, I said that. No. Uh, Mel Gibson would be funny. There. Uh, working hard on a resurgence. Uh, Michael Caine? Like, no. That would be funny, has though. Been, has been out of the public eye for a while and is working pretty hard on a resurgence the last couple of years. Oh my gosh, Linda Hamilton. Uh, I don't know. You got to give me a hint. Give me another hint besides that. <laughs> Eddie Murphy? Remember. Yeah. Okay, Eddie Murphy is like late enough, 50s. But you still got it. He's not their age. <laughs> well, Eddie Murphy is the person oh, attached to it. It is funnier if it's a person that isn't yeah, of the same Murphy race. Murphy was born in 61. Yeah, he's much younger than, than them. So he's in his fifties, right? Yeah, something, yeah. something like yeah. that. But uh, honestly, oh boy. I, I think it's. I think all it is is basically looking at who was iconic in the eighties. And yeah, honestly, Eddie Murphy's a funny choice. I, I would imagine if he was still alive, Richard Pryor would have been their first choice because that would have been. Rad. If I've learned anything, it's Richard Pryor was always the first choice, but then he couldn't do it because of drugs, and then they went with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> and then Pryor Eddie Murphy became Eddie Murphy. Richard oh, Danny, Pryor would have been funny. I'm going to keep trying to find Taxi on here. I'm going to have to go way back. It's got to be like late 70s. Ooh. Taxi, 1978 to 83. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, what's his name was on there? Uh, you know, Tony. Tony Danza. Yeah. Tony. Tony. How old is oh, he? No. He's got to be in his 60s. <laughs> Travis, what are you doing All right, to me we, here? We gotta, I got to stop asking you how old everybody is. <laughs> While you're doing that, I, I read a story today that Sony is looking to sell the Masters of the Universe Sony. movie. Sony. Danza to Netflix. So the, the one they were looking to reboot in 2021. I thought that already was a Netflix thing. No, Netflix is going to do a reboot of the cartoon oh. with Kevin Smith behind it. Oh. But Sony was also looking to do a new Masters of the Universe movie. Now, uh, it looks like Netflix might buy that from them and it might just appear on Netflix. Makes me wonder, does Sony not have any uh, confidence in the Masters of the Universe Tony being a thing? born in 51. Oh, so he's not that much older than my parents. He must have been, real, he must have been in his 20s on Taxi. Yeah, he was pretty young. So tell me this real quick. Does Sony not have any faith in the masters of the universe or is Sony just trying to, uh, uh, get rid of some things to, I don't know. Is, is Sony, uh, trying not to get bought by Disney or something? <laughs> you know, that's basically what I'm trying to I think say. Everybody, Travis, Travis <laughs> I am currently trying really hard not to get bought by Disney. <laughs> they don't have, they don't, 
Disney, Disney, Disney you can see, buy me. Disney doesn't see any value in me, but Disney's like, we got, we got all. Also, another funny thing about that um, Hulk series. Um, have any of the Hulk movies dealt with Bruce Banner killed his dad? Uh, he kind of did in the original one. Remember okay. with uh. I don't remember Angley's Hulk hardly at all. Where he was the, the absorbing funnier. man. I don't remember. I is that his dad? Yeah, that he's his dad in it. Yeah, old uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick Nolte was, Boy, that's not, was his dad. That's that was a weird way of making that. Yeah, his dad is not the absorbing man. No, he wasn't. <laughs> but um, uh, regardless, comic book Bruce Banner, I guess, killed his dad, and his dad as sort of a. His dad is a face of evil is showing up in this, but th- at least this version, this MC, this Marvel Universe version of uh, Bruce Banner's dad looks a lot like Walt Disney. So it's hard every time evil, evil Banner dad shows up. It's really like the specter of Walt Disney. I'm like, yeah, somebody, somebody at Marvel's getting it. They're like evil Walt Disney is trying to kill things. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I guess like, I can, I'll look it up on the. I think I've still got it open. What are you looking up now? Oh, I was just, I, I've got that Immortal Hulk open and I can look back for one oh. of the, yeah, yeah, like right there, there is the, their version of uh, his dad. I mean, it's looking down, so it's harder to. That's what his dad looked? See, okay, that, that kind of okay. looks, kind of looks like Walt Disney does. A it? little bit, yeah. So. A little bit. The Hulk actually looked a little like Frankenstein. Uh, that's not the like Frankenstein's monster. That's not, Sorry, everybody. That's not the Hulk. Oh, like, okay. Oh, here's maybe a more. Does that does that kind of look like Walt Disney? It looks like Vincent Price. Yeah, it does also look a bit like Vincent Price. <laughs> but Vincent Price was never evil. No, he was, he was just in a very flamboyant yeah. way. <laughs> in a very flamboyant way. All right, we should probably get to wrapping this puppy up. Uh, uh, on the last episode uh, that I uploaded, I posted that it had the Fast and the Furious. Uh, panel from Fanex, but apparently I forgot to add it before I uploaded it. So it's going to be on this one. So enjoy that. It'll be an extra long episode if you're working. It'll give you something to do all day. Hey, look, we all need, we need <laughs> a, a way to get through the day. Am I right? Indeed. Indeed. And uh, I just want to give a little credit to uh, the Movies That Make Us podcast. Jake Dietz has been... He's been interacting with us, and Deets. he's a he's a good dude. My so, man. if you enjoy our podcast, please give their podcast a listen to because it's a lot of fun. It's a lot shorter than ours. So, if one of your gripes about our podcast is it's too long, yeah, you, you, you could <laughs> you can find a friend in them. I was telling you about the whole like Hulk's like the the flappy skin. Is oh that, wow, yeah. So like. It actually looks like drawings, Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. A lot of drawings like that. Like, it's really it's really grotesque. Yeah. It's kind of cool, though. It's interesting to look oh, at. Oh, yeah. It is, it's very it's, Halloween-ish. It's an extremely... I find it to be a very interesting book. I just... Since I had that up, I'm like, I'm going to show him Flappy, Flappy Hulk while we're at it. Flappy Slappy Hulk. Flappy Hulk. Uh, <laughs> just going to uh, do a... Oh, are we going to do a magic mic? Uh, so, I mean, since, since Joker is out, I figure we won't go too long. We've spoken, we've, <laughs> we're hour 38 in already. I had a, I had a 12 sided die here and I figure we could just roll for what Joker that you're going to, that you're going to, uh, all right. So check out this Epic Foley work, shaking up, shaking up. You're shaking the dice. Oh, looks like you're mocking me with a jerk off. <laughs> motion <laughs> I, I was hoping you didn't pick up on that. uh that, that was a natural 20 
And uh, natural 20 gets the Please best be Joker. Please be Cesar Romero. Please be Cesar Romero. Uh, look, Cesar Romero's Joker is number one with a bullet in my heart. But I, <laughs> if I'm going to go scientifically, scientifically the best Joker is Mark Hamill's Joker. All right. I can't so, argue with that. Um, you know, Cesar Romero is a 19. And then somehow... Oh, so close. Somehow What if I blow on a, it? <sighs> oh. Nope, it didn't budge. Hey, okay, Travis, you can do you can do Cesar Romero. <laughs> you want to do Cesar Romero, Trav? I don't know if I can do Cesar Romero. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it look like it was random. No, you could, you're not doing it. You could summon Cesar. Right. Romero. You're not right. sure if you could summon. He's very right. deep down. There. I think he's putting wax in his mustache right now. So oh. yeah, I don't know if he's available. So all right, go ahead and uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and uh, summon Mark Hamilton. All right, right, we'll bring him in just for a minute or two and strawberry shortcake. Hello. Hey. What's up, Mark Hamill Joker? It is great to be here. Thank is you it? for having me again. Is it? You're, hey, you know, I mean, I guess I made assumptions. How are you feeling in this Joker 2019 world? Well, I mean, I have seen the new movie, if that's oh. what you're trying to ask me. It is a very interesting take on the Joker. Find yourself having a bit of a giggle fit in it? Yes, I'm, I'm just glad that that wasn't my story. Otherwise, yeah. I would have been a much different character for a children's television show. Uh, you're, you're, uh, I don't think Batman the Animated Series, they never they never tried to do a Joker origin, did no, they? No, why would they? <laughs> hey, hey, exactly. My point exactly. That would be like somebody giving a backstory to Darth Vader. <laughs> you told me some things that were maybe alluded to as far as... Uh, oh, wait, you... Excuse me, Mark Hamill Joker, you didn't tell me shit. Uh, my friend Travis... I am a villain, after all. My friend Travis told me some stuff before the show started that alluded to some uh, possible Joker backstories that I was like, ooh... Ooh, I'm I'm not I'm not good with that. I'm not good with that. So no likey. <laughs> I think uh, I think your character is best served without a bas- backstory. I think it's very mysterious. Like unless, even in, in the Dark Knight. Unless Mark he... Hamill Joker, you want to maybe divulge some true secrets to your origins. Would you like hinting. to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> you know this what? one's from an appendix operation. Whoa, hey, I was just gonna say. <laughs> like, this one was from stubbing my toe. What'd you, what'd you stub it against? The floor. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, sometimes sometimes the funniest I is the I grew up obvious. in an old house with rickety boards. Uh-oh, origin story. He grew up in a rickety house. A lot of people did. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Be cool, V crew. Um, Can you tell that I have a mustache under my white makeup? Oh wow, boy, I didn't... I've been working on it for me. 35 years. I would have I thought that the Joker gas made it so you didn't grow hair on your body anymore. I thought that the, the stuff up top was a wig. <laughs> that shows how much you know. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> now that Harley Quinn has left me, I can grow a mustache. She's not much for a, for a soup strainer, if you know what I mean. Harley Quinn has not left you. She is leaving uh, Jared Leto Joker, which, by the way... Uh, the way you saw, the way that we summon Jared Leto Joker is if you roll the dragon dice and you you drop them and drop them directly on your testicles and hurt yourself badly. That's pro- how you summon Jared Leto. That is a good way to summon him. But the problem is, uh, my Harley Quinn has seen the trailer for the new Birds of Prey movie and she got some ideas, ideas herself. Jeez. Oh, now I'm a lonely bachelor. I've been eating a lot of Dentimore stew. I. I but 
How do you find that? Good? Bad? Ugly? Bad, because I don't own a can opener. I have to use a mallet. It's very (laughs) messy. I'm just biting open the can. (laughs) I haven't tried that one yet. Have you ever drank any Joker Juice? Joker Joker Juice? I mean, it must start off as juice. I'm not a juggalo. Do you, do you like? We don't have Fago in Gotham. You ever vape? You vape uh, Joker gas? I'm not a gate. Uh, Whoa! Uh, vape Joker lord. origins. Ah, I'm not a vape lord. Is what I was trying to say. <laughs> ay ay ay! Boy, you really Joker. I I started a little thing tonight. You really stuck your face in it there. Joker. I really stuck my face in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Joker, I'm. We're limited time. That's here. another reason Harley Quinn left. <laughs> we're, we're, on, we're on the clock here, Joker. I'm gonna say it's been a joy to have you here, but since you really stuck your face in it, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the ripcord early. I'm casting you back to the stuck your face in it. Zone. Sipping on gin and juice. I'm back. Boy, Travis, Joker really tripped. <laughs> Not in that trip? usual funny Joker way. But you know tripped? what? We we all stumble over. Hope he didn't stub his toe and get a scar. Uh. <laughs> As far as you know, that's never happened. That's not part of his origin story. As far as I know, yeah. So, Trav. Jake. Oh, so we've come. We've come to the end of the show. I'm very embarrassed now. Boys to men. ABC, BBD. The East Coast family. Uh, They never skipped a beat. (laughs) Oh, boy. You know what? I should really learn to rein stuff like that in. Nah, nah, I think it's fun. So, uh, you know, at the end of the show here, Trav, got to ask you, you got anything coming up, bud? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. This weekend, I'll be opening for the very, very funny uh, Joe Mackey. He's a New York comedian. He was on Last Comic Standing. Very funny. He's one of my favorites. Uh, October 18th, I will be headlining at Wise Guys Ogden. That's an all-ages club, so you can bring your your teenagers. Don't bring little kids. Teenagers will be fine. Please bring babies. Baby, you bring a baby, you get in free. Uh, I have no connection to wise guys. I cannot make these promises, but I will promise you, if you bring a baby, you will get in free. If you bring a baby, you'll be the most hated person there. Not that everybody hates babies. did not pay their cover fee. Yeah, no kidding. That's not going to happen. Come on down. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's last minute, but I'm super happy that I'm doing it, so... Come down to Utah. Congratulations. Go if see you're him. within 800 miles, I, I recommend you drive. <laughs> but still come see him, sure. If it's if it's like 2,000 miles, you should probably take a plane. But definitely come. I don't care where you live. I don't care if you're uh, listening in Australia. I know we have listeners in Australia. Come on down, mates. Yes. Oi, mate. If Seriously, if you come from a far Bring distance, a with you. I will give you a free t-shirt. He w- he'll and, and we'll take a picture. Sure. It'll be great. Yes. Uh, so uh, October 18th, I should probably put that at the beginning of this episode as well, because I don't know how many people are going to make it two hours in, but we'll find out. And also, uh, this coming Monday, the 14th, I'll be on Fox 13 News. That's the local news here in oh, Utah. Travis, you promoting my I didn't show. even know about that. Yeah, I just found that out today. So I'll be promoting my show, and I'll mention the podcast as Whoa. well. So yeah, things are things are happening. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. So I'm pretty pumped about those things. So that's that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. tell your friends. Watch speaking the of, watch the news. Speaking of telling your friends, we would love Come it. Come to my if, show first if you would uh, subscribe to our podcast. After that, we would love it if you would rate it and rate us. Give us at least a one sentence review, and then when you're done with that, 
just as we said previously, tell your friends. We love getting out there to people. If you've been listening and you're like, wow, they really got it wrong there, or you're like, they really got it right and I need them to know about it, later to the tater at gmail.com is our uh, email address. We love, we love hearing from people. We love suggestions. We've got nothing but love in our hearts. You can also throw a rock with a message on it. I don't know if it'll get here, but we'll look for it. I'll, I've been picking up rocks all day looking for messages underneath of them. So far, I haven't found one, but I have a feeling there's one out there. So I'm going to keep going. Keep checking out. I found brother. a snake. <laughs> <laughs> that snake have any messages for you? Yeah, it went tss. It oh. said back off. That's snake for back off. <gasps> Are you a parcel tongue? Is that what we're... <laughs> yes. Exclusive. Wow. I don't know if that was snake or not. <laughs> that was very racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Craig would have loved it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so... I forgot we're not allowed to say that in this day and age. <laughs> uh, Blue Wave Theory, we use their music for our opening and closing hymns. We and really hey, Blue Wave it. Theory started following me on Twitter. Get the for front reals. out. For reals. Huh. What did you just say? Am I going to have to add? the front. I was okay. doing get the hell out and shut the front door at the oh. same time. <laughs> okay. Get the door out. <laughs> yeah, they followed me on Twitter, so that's cool. Huh. They know we exist. They Litiga- know we're using litigation our, pending. I mean, no, because <laughs> I, the website I got it from said as long as you give credit to the artist, that it's a hundred percent okay well, hey, with uh, them. So, hey, if they I'm contact me and say otherwise, then I tipping guess what? my virtual hat to you. Great, thanks, Blue Wave Theory. Thanks. We love you. We wow. love the surf music. So, for Blue Wave Theories everywhere, this has been late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake, and I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm amazed that there are more lady fans of. of we were just saying that. I'm not, oh my! Oh my good. Well, it's because of the rock, isn't it? It's it's because not. of explosions. No. I was gonna oh, say I like explosions. Good. I mean, the rock helps, but he just got here. I mean, like he's not. He's a little new. It's not like he was there from the beginning. Jason Stifle. Like I liked it from the beginning. So. Yeah. We were fans before. You guys are super quiet. Are you napping while you're waiting? You have one minute to finish your nap. Let's make this awkward as possible. Just like be silent. That's it. So you like you like Fast and Furious, huh? Are we gonna talk about Top Gear? We gonna talk about Top Gear? I've never watched Top Gear. What? I've never seen it. Oh my god! It's oh, okay. Yeah. I have so many well, hours in the day. Okay. Hasn't he watched? Okay. Talk this last this last season though, I watched the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. Have you been the watching American this last version season? Or the British version? The one that was like no. okay. Because I like. They the got British a footballer version. and a British comedian along with Chris Harris, and not the new British version. It's just not nearly as good. Uh, Chris, Matt LeBlanc was amazingly good. Sure. Are we ready? It's time. It's time. It's five o'clock. Oh my gosh! These everybody just woke up. Oh whoa! Welcome to the panel. This is. This wow. is the Fast and Furious and freaking awesome panel. <laughs> All right. Thank you for coming out. Uh, right now, we're just going to kind of go down, uh, introduce ourselves real quick. I'll start since I'm down here and I'm already talking. Uh, my name is Travis Tate. I am a stand-up comedian. I, I have a podcast called Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I had to think about it for a second. It's got my name in it. But... <laughs> um, uh, you can see me. I'll, I'll actually be at Wise Guys uh, in the Jordan Landing location tonight. 
8 o'clock show there. And next week, if you're from California, I'll be at the Comedy Store. So come see me there, and we'll move on down. Okay, my name is Doug Willoughby. Uh, really, I'm just a mechanic, and I'm turning myself into like the, the, the con uh, car guy and go-to guy. If you need me, just give me a call. I'll stand in place of anybody. Yeah, he jumped in to be a moderator for our panel yesterday. Uh, I'm Rebecca Frost, uh, Hello Sweetie Podcast Network, BigShinnyRobot.com, and Geek Show Podcast. I'm Rochelle Hardy. I am an artist and an actor and a filmmaker, and I love cars, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> My name is Val Cameron, and I am the host of the Val and Mike Show on B98.7 in the mornings, and I have a movie podcast called movie that, Movies That Make Us, and I'm a film critic, and I like explosions both in and outside of movies. <laughs> so you're a Michael Bay fan. <laughs> That's not this panel, so I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> All right. Those are called implosions. I, idea for next panel. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. Uh, first off, we'll go down. I'm curious about what the, what the crowd thinks, too. Import or American muscle? Import. You know, the people have as, spoken. Okay. As, as a fan, as a, as, as a guy that actually works on cars every day, um, I've really become a fan of smaller import cars lately. Yeah. American Muscle has become ridiculously expensive. What about everybody else? I think that's what, kind of what we're referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you that, know the that, kind you can actually get your hand into? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's a uh, car. Have you look up, look under the hood of a, a new car? You can't I'm even. Sorry. It's late that's in what the I day. meant, by I the way. It was like actually under that. the hood of a car. You can get your hand into. I, I didn't mean anything dirty, but that. uh-huh. that's how you all took oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it depends on the situation. I mean, I think I like both yeah. kinds of cars. It just depends. So yeah, I mean, depending on who you're kidnapping or what you need to explode or like, like I think it depends. Like, do you need to be sneaky and like sleek or do you need to like scare the crap out of someone? That is the thing. I really like driving a boat, a car that feels like a boat. Yeah, but the, the smaller imports, even, even exactly. in the old days, they handled much better than the American cars. Mm-hmm. The big boats, you turn a corner and you feel like you're going to fall over on your side. Yeah, they float too much. Those. And you have to have a spotter. Like, there's a car on your starboard side. <laughs> Full discro- disclosure, I drive a Volkswagen Jetta. I don't drive either one. So. Oh, is this going to be I a never would have pictured you in that car. I don't, I don't know if you and That's I can be friends, fantastic. to be honest. Are going to talk about what kind of cars we drive? It gets really good gas mileage, and I drive from yeah. state to state doing shows. So, what does everybody that's why drive? I chose that. Yeah, well, yeah. What do you drive? What does everybody drive? Yeah, what do you drive? Well, uh, I've got a Ford Raptor, uh, Mazda Speed Miata, uh, Suzuki Samurai, or yeah, Suzuki Samurai, and a Honda Civic Si. Uh-huh. Do you have that's to hire people to drive them all at the same time? No, no, no. We just we just decide what we want when we want. It's that's reverse all. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I told you I was the car guy. Um, I've got a Honda CRV and a Fiat 500e. I drive it's a Tahoe. Okay, I'm jealous about the Fiat 500. It's very zippy. <laughs> I drive a Tahoe, but I'd be happy in a Mini Cooper or a Charger. I mean, I like all kinds of cars. Yeah, um, I drive a Jeep Renegade with uh, the with a big Star Wars Mandalorian skull on the front of it. So what? That's, <laughs> that's me. Yeah, I actually that's think, me. I think if I you see the white that. car with the big Mando, that's me. That's awesome. 
Is that everybody? That's I'm everybody. sorry. Yeah, I, don't have, I have one car. I don't have, I have dreams of other things. I didn't know we were going to name multiple car. cars either, but my well, other we, ones are so really boring. Minivans, to, anybody? Minivans? <laughs> we yeah, have to yeah. have two because the Fiat 500e can only go 80 miles at a time. So, oh. Because well, it's like right. 100% electric, so we can't go too far. So you need to bring a charger. The dream sickle orange? Yeah. Oh. It is. Tell, tell Sarah. She'll, she'll love Only one her. person got that. <laughs> Bring a charger, Dodge Charger. Uh-huh. Never mind. Okay, all right. Dad joke. Uh, we do want to disclose, we don't want anybody in here ever to uh, speed, be fast or furious on the road. Be slow and sort of upset. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I do want to ask you guys before we really get into the movies, is there a song, like I was driving home one night and uh, Shoot to Thrill came on the radio and I was like, I am setting the cruise control because otherwise I will look down and I'll be going 95. Do you, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you guys have a song that like gets you going? So there's a song that it took me a while to find, but it's from a Fast and the Furious trailer. I think it's from Fast Five, um, but I found it and I downloaded it. It's called We Are Rockstars. I can't like remember who it's by, but that's like my, my drive song because it reminds me of Fast and the Furious, but it's also like... Gotta go fast. It just makes your foot go down. <laughs> I think, I, like I, the other day, I discovered a whole album was great for for moving. Was Sisters of Mercy's "Slight Case of Overbombing." Mm. That album, because I had I was in a bad mood and I had to go pick up my wife in a hurry, and that was just so beautiful for just piloting a missile through through traffic. I couldn't <laughs> help it. <laughs> I have a lot of music that makes me go fast. <laughs> if, if the radio's on, she speeds. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what is it? I'm trying to remember the name of the song. It's by Metallica. It's like the fuel one. How, how does it go? Give me the fuel, fuel give me one. Fire, give me it's not really everyone where they're yelling really loud. That one makes me go really fast. Um, I was going to say my heart will go on. Is that it? But you know, it was Metallica, so I was way off. Or like Foo Fighters, Fall Out Boy, stuff like that. Anything like, you know, that's got a lot of energy. Um, Tool. A lot of music makes me go fast. I don't know. I like to just kind of groove and dance in my car while I'm driving. And right now my jam (laughs) is totally into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. So dangerous. I just listen to that in the morning on my way to work. And uh, the cool thing about my Jeep is I can set a speed... And then once I hit that speed, it blinks at me and says, you're speeding. Slow down. Ooh, nice feature. Yeah. It's a good thing you go to work at 5 in the morning or Actually, 4 in the I go morning. To, yeah, I, go to th- I go to work at 4 a.m. I wake up at 3 a.m. So. Oh, my God. I drive yeah. Uber all night. Um, I sometimes obey all the laws. <laughs> 30% <laughs> of the time. Well, that's better than zero. Uh, let's talk a little about the evolution of the movie. Because the first movie started out, it was just... You know, racing for pink slips. That was, you know, it was kind of like a point break style of movie, undercover cop, you know, people breaking the law, having street races. And then it just, it's now basically like beyond James Bond craziness (laughs) going on in the movie. Just what is everybody's opinion on whether you like it, you don't like it, just whatever thoughts you have on that. I love the evolution of the films. I thought, um, you know, in 2001, when we got the first Fast and Furious movie, and it was kind of like that year writing for Pink Slips, it was very refreshing at the time to see that movie because we didn't have very many car movies at the time, you know? And I loved the movie Point Break, so the fact that you kind of said that. But to me, it was simple. 
You had, you know, guys that were building kind of this brotherhood, this family together, and they did it racing cars. And then you, you know, then they built a car and then he broke that car and then he owed him a car. It was just, it was really simple filmmaking. And a lot of critics didn't like it. And I'm a film critic and I went to film school and, but I loved it. So I just thought it was really easy to go watch and enjoy, um, you know, some, some street car racing. I've, I've actually been glad for the evolution to the, to the self-aware because when I watched the first one, I was just like really annoyed with some of the stuff they did because there's no way in heck. <laughs> and yet once it started getting like so over the top that, all right, I can, I can forgive every sin because it's just ridiculously silly <laughs> tongue in cheek. It's hit the diehard ridiculous point now, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was just when it, when it was the, the first one, I'm like... Okay, Honda Civic is no way going underneath a trailer. I know that. You know? But it wants it, to. Let it. It's so, you cannot do that. Those cars, you'd have to chop the top like six inches and lower the suspension. I mean, they're ridiculous. So it bugged me. But once it started getting tongue-in-cheek at about uh, number four, I was like, okay, this I can completely forgive, and I'm in all the way then once that happened. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I just love that every movie, they're like, we got to do bigger and yeah. better. We got to <laughs> go harder. Although, I mean, I'll admit, two was very tongue-in-cheek, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, yeah. that was wonderful. I, and it gave itself away by the paint jobs on the cars at the very beginning, too. Because so. Suki's pink S2000. I love it. There's something I love about each one of them. They're so, some of them are... Whoops. Sorry. Yep. Some of them are, are just so different. Um... I feel like at, uh, when they got to five, that's when I really got invested um, because like it came more about the story and stuff like that and the brotherhood and everything. And uh, Paul Walker, when he passed away, um, I was really upset. I was watching the news and all of a sudden the ticker came across there because um, we started acting about the same time um, and he was about my same age. Anyway, so like, I don't know. I just, I've really grown up like with these movies and so I think there's something for everyone in it if you can like get past the oh because some people say it's cheesy but I'm just like no way I mean I love cars there's so much I love about the series yeah I'm not going in for like Academy Award winning filmmaking when you go to a fast if that's why you're going to a Fast and Furious movie you need to double check why you're going to a Fast and Furious movie (laughs) like from the first movie to freaking Hobbs and Shaw and I love that film I went to every single one of these movies knowing I was going to go in, I'm going to turn my technical brain off. I don't know anything really about cars except for the fact that I have to put oil in it sometimes and I need to put gas in it. <laughs> I should probably wash it. Like, <laughs> like, but like, I like cars that go fast. I like things that explode. I like when they have this whole team of ridiculous people working together, like to get ridiculous things done. Like none of these things are going to happen. But we all, after we saw, you know, the car gliding, we're like downtown. I was working at the Gateway, like the third movie, and you're going around the Gateway parking lot, and I'm like, I could do it, right? I could just. <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. But I really wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be a race car driver. I mean, I'm I'm just waiting. I have a friend who is a, she's from Denmark, but she lives in Sweden now. And she and her husband, they do car racing for a living. And oh, she's just oh. like, you just come over here, you can drive any of these cars. And I'm just like, what? Oh my gosh, it's only a matter of time. So like, do I, it. Why I, are you I, here I right a, now? Yeah, I grew up on a farm <laughs> in Idaho. I'm I'm a farm girl. 
I, I mean, I grew up loving cars, and I think it's funny how people are like, oh, that's only for guys. It's like, no way. Who, going fast is fun, and also I think it is a good story. I love the family aspect of it, and I love that each of the movies is a little bit different than the other ones. I mean, I'm sorry. I just, this is one of my favorite franchises, so. Don't apologize. That's why we're all <laughs> I'm here. not sorry. You're right. Yeah, one of the, thank you. you said family. Do you think uh, yeah. Vin Diesel has said family or Groot more in his career at this point? I, I don't think know. family, actually. <laughs> I do. I think family. He doesn't get paid as much for family That's as he true. gets paid for Groot. I was like, well, he, like, he has to say Groot in so many different languages, too. Yeah. It's really the same thing. Family, Groot. We are Groot. We are family. Same thing. And except so, for when Groot is swearing and then not. The yeah. Thing. I don't know. I swear at my family a little bit every once in a while, especially while I'm driving. Uh, uh, we we kind of talked about like the progression of, and I, I'm going to say silliness. I don't mean it in a bad way, but it has gotten pretty silly and outrageous. You know, there, there was the pulling uh, bank vaults through Rio to jumping a car from like, one skyscraper to another to so uh, being, being chased cars. by a submarine in the Arctic. Besides, like, space shuttles, like uh, Moonraker, where could we possibly go from here? What, mm, where just, would you, or what would you want to go from here? I just really want... Because I'm a huge fan, and this is why I like action films to begin with... Um, and I, I got to take some classes with him when I went to film school, but I would really love John Woo to direct a Fast and Furious movie because I feel like in Hobbs and Shaw... Has everybody seen Hobbs and Shaw? Oh, yeah. If you haven't, again, what are, what are you doing with your life? Spoiler alert. Um, it's awesome. But there are, so, there, there are some moments in Hobbs and Shaw where I'm like, where are the doves? <laughs> there, there's a car. There's an explosion. I just need some doves right now. And I just... Like, I would like him to... I mean, he doesn't really make American movies anymore, but I would love for him to direct um, a Fast and Furious movie. I think that would be amazing. I think, like, for me, because I, I have an imagination, but not, like, a great one when it comes to, like, these kind of movies. So, like, you know, with each one that steps it up, like, when they're jumping the car between skyscrapers, I was like, I never would have thought of that! <laughs> like, please don't crush it. Please don't so, crush like, it. stuff like that that just catches me totally off guard, like, that you, it's so outside the box of, like, parachuting cars? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was pretty cool. Let's Jump connect up. five cars to a helicopter yeah. and see <laughs> if we can get it off the island. Yeah. Stuff like that makes yeah. me just go, oh, whoever thinks of these things, people get paid to do this. <laughs> So does anyone uh, collect Matchbox cars or little cars like that? I used to. I don't anymore. I have a little boy. He's eight. And I have to admit that like, I love getting him Hot Wheels. Um, but sometimes I keep them for me. <laughs> <laughs> and they have, they have Disney Hot Wheels. So you Aquaman can get a Darth Hot Vader Hot Wheel car. Yes, Star Wars. Oh, those, char- those character cars are wonderful. But I, I love all the different... I love that they do ones from different um, years. I, just, I think it's awesome... Um, because we all drive cars, but I just think it's so cool. Like, cars are a work of art to me. I'm an artist, and I don't know. Have you guys ever thought of it like that? Cars are a work of art. We take them for granted. There's like a million of them driving around and crashing, and hopefully not crashing, but anyway. I just, I just, um, I think it's fun to collect Hot Wheels. I don't know. That's That's just me. Do they have a Fast and the Furious Hot Wheels line? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. they do. Yes. I was going to say, that's a real missed oh, opportunity yes. if they don't. I, I think it's Johnny Lightning. 
Yeah. Or it's, it's one of the higher end, because it's not the 164th scale, it's more like the 148th scale, the ones that are about are cool. three inches long that do a lot of the Fast and the Furious cars. Because yeah. you got to bulk it up. you got to bulk it up. So yeah. There was a lot of talk, like, uh, when they announced Hobbs and Shaw, we started talking about Hobbs and Shaw, and Tyrese Gibson was very vocal about it. He did not want, you know, Jason Statham and The Rock going off doing their own movies. I always thought, Tyrese... That's more screen time for Roman. Why are you upset about that? <laughs> You're going to be on the movie more. What are your thoughts on, and spoiler alert, if, if you haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw, they're kind of going to go off into their own universe, and there's going to be characters maybe branching off there. There's going to be all sorts of crazy movies going on, it looks like. What are your thoughts about these new branch-off movies from the Fast and Furious So franchise? I think they're fabulous because the existing Hobbs and... Or <laughs> the existing Fast and the Furious franchise, it's really limited within what it can do because it does need to center around these characters and their circumstances. But when you start to branch out with stories like Hobbs and Shaw, you can have the same visual format but an entirely different story. And I think like that's what we... You know, we as Fast and Furious audience members really like, and yeah, we know Vin Diesel and uh, their the whole gang, their whole thing. But like, I want to see something else, but keep the explosions and fast cars. And Actually, I think it started changing back when they when um, The Rock was in it and Elsa Pataki, and they had the, and then Gal Gadot and all that. I'm like, this is cool. It's not just the same core people. Mm-hmm. I mean, two and three, they kind of struggled a little bit, and then Vin came back. But like when they had The Rock, and then they started getting, I don't know, I just kind of saw it evolving. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. And there's yeah, a so mic up here if you want to come yeah. ask a question, too. Um, and I, this is how I feel these movies are, because I'm a huge Marvel fan and Avengers, right? So I kind of feel like this is kind of like the Avengers of car movies, where you've got all of these main characters, and then we're going to learn about all of the sub-characters. They're going to have their own movies, and it's character development, because, I mean, they're kind of superheroes if you're into cars. So that's... I mean, I don't think there's any problem with having movies that break off and tell us a little bit more about these side characters because they're actually really interesting. They haven't, for being such a cheesy movie franchise, all of the characters that they have brought in as the movies have gone on actually do have kind of deep backstories or could have deep backstories. So I want to know about them. Plus Jason Statham. (laughs) Like, I just want to see him punch people in the throat more. (laughs) Jason Statham. It does kind of seem silly to think that all these characters would always spend their entire lives together like like they're in Big Brother or something. So <laughs> it makes sense for That's them to... That's what family does. To, yeah, well, I don't know about your family, but we need some time alone occasionally <laughs> in my house. So it does make sense for them to go off and do their own thing. Uh, we have, throughout the series, you know, of course, you know, Paul Walker, there's a tragedy there. He's He's never going to come back, but... Character-wise, we have lost quite a few characters throughout the series, but if we learned one thing from Letty, maybe nobody's really dead in this series. Is, is there know, anybody in particular? Again, superhero movie. Like, <laughs> is, anybody can come back. Is there any characters in particular that you guys were really attached to and now they're gone, but you'd just love for them to come uh, back? Han. <laughs> yeah. Justice um, for Han. Han, I know, man. I loved him. Yeah, I think I think you have a universal. Just Han. Everybody just Han. Wants, everybody wants Han back. You guys want to? You guys want to hear my Han theory? Do <laughs> if it. If you saw Hobbs and Shaw, Do he's it. the bad guy. He's the mysterious voice. Do you want to know voice. something fun? So it's my theory. So something fun that um, the evil voiceover guy in the credits is credited as 
Chip Nightingale, I think is his name. That's Ryan Reynolds. It's, that's yeah, a, it's, it's Ryan Reynolds. And there's a. There's if you haven't seen the movie yet, Ryan Reynolds is in it. There's a. There's and Kevin Hart. Oh, he was so there's good. a part where the the evil bad guy is like doing a voiceover, and just the, he does it's, something with his inflection, and I'm like, that sounds like Ryan Reynolds. It's Ryan Reynolds. I yeah. thought that too, but then I started thinking that uh, Deckard Shaw is the one who killed Han. So it would make sense for Han to want to come back and get revenge on Shaw. Which is totally, That's what made po- me think which is that. totally possible because, you know, you can have anybody do that voiceover and then introduce Han. It could, yeah, it could have been Ryan Reynolds doing the voice and uh, to use a, a wrestling phrase, it's a swerve. <laughs> yeah, because I think in that movie, I think it was the weird guy, like the other guy that was supposed to be helping them, that he's like, we've met before, but you don't remember. Yeah, right? He's creepy. He's, there's something not right about that guy, and I feel like he's got something else going on. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a second about, about the casting. Um, there's a variety of people from a variety of different backgrounds, and it's a, it's a pretty well progressively cast movie. I mean, obviously there's, there's other ways they could go. Do you think that was just accident? I mean, I don't know how well thought out it was, you have a. There's a microphone up here, so we can. Yeah, we'll hear take you. questions. Yeah. We'll take questions. Uh, what are your thoughts on the cast? Was that something they meant they set out to do, or was it just kind of like, hey, this is really cool that this happened on accident? Um, I got a question. Yeah. I got a question here. Is this mic oh, on right here? On. There you go. It's on. There yeah. you go. There you go. All right. Uh, a couple terms you used about the Fast and Furious movies that kind of made me question here. Silly and cheesiness. And a, we got the MCU, DCU, and we got movies whose purpose is supposed to stretch our imagination. Okay? That's not including just fantasy, but also in stunts. Okay? Unreal, great, but did it look good? Was it executed well? Why would that be considered cheesy? Why would movies like to be considered silly when we want movies to want, did not want just to go back and learn a life lesson, but we want to be entertained. Why is it silly or cheesy? Well, I don't think we, we meant to end like no, a we negative don't. term We're or saying that, like that this but. is so, when I say as a film critic that I like the Fast and Furious movies, I, um, I get backlash for it because they're, because the general public, I guess, of think that they're a little bit cheesy, silly. They're not, you know, that's not so, that's something that could actually happen that well, way, like people that like cars. But yeah. again, there's also people that think the same thing about the Avengers movies because you have talking raccoons and all of these things. <laughs> yeah. um, probably but, haven't watched But for me, like, I like the family part of it. Mm-hmm. I like the stories. Yes, there are explosions in cars, but like there I like the story so I think we're saying that that's what other people think it is okay. but I don't think I just love them well, yeah. and I think there are cheesy silly moments yeah. in them because that's funny There's and we a... need to laugh as well right. but most most movies have something cheesy and well, silly well and I think like these like this type of action movie has a stigma against it yes where people are like that's this is word. not quality cinema and therefore it is silly yeah and I think you it's know it's brain candy to a lot of people yeah there's, there's a scene in Hobbs and Shaw where the rock is holding on to a helicopter <laughs> and then a chain that's attached to a car and, he's, he, he, and he's, he pulls it together and hooks yeah, it. Yeah, I was thinking it's, it's I like Captain it, America or Spider-Man silly. moment. <laughs> but, yeah, and I, I mean, love it, but it's silly. And like yeah. I said, 
I didn't come. I came for action entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I think the they last just, nine movies they've executed it very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Including I, Fast and Furious too, which so, I like. <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. Got all these accolades and things. Right. Exactly. Bouncing on. <laughs> on the trees. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And back in the day, come on, Jaws. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it just means it just means they haven't actually watched them very well, or maybe they watched part of one and they just didn't get it. And you know what? There's all kinds of different movies. We don't yeah. have to like everything. You know, we might make something as an artist, a musician, um, a filmmaker, and not everybody has to like it, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't as, care. I like it anyway. Thank you. As far as casting, I like the fact that there's different characters expressing different personalities, and I will say, to me, they balanced them very well, having all those characters in there. Mm-hmm. Um, different aspects. So that's just that's just my two cents. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I mean, I just think part of the reason that they had they went to this over the top, I won't say cheesy or silly, but the over the top stunts and everything was was a sense of social responsibility too. Because if you remember when it came out, there was a lot of concern about about real street racers at the right. time. And so in order to in order to move this movie out of the real world and into this fantasy universe where you can't really do any of this stuff, they had to move into that. Silly, over the top, Own just tongue in cheek, yeah. self aware uh, kind of stunt. There are scenes where uh, Dom's car rolls a dozen times and he gets out and yeah. walks away. Has anybody here ever tipped over a vehicle? I have. Did you just feel fine and go fight somebody? I didn't. <laughs> um, I want to go back to the casting really quick because. I don't know that there is um, a movie franchise, and I mean, looking at things like Star Wars and and Avengers and that kind of thing, but this one is probably, you've got Vin Diesel and Helen Mirren and Ludacris all in the same movie franchise, which is freaking awesome. This This franchise, for me, every new movie that comes out, I get really excited to see what cool women are they casting in this movie this time because uh, you know you got like Gina Carano and then you have like Ronda Rousey in one and then Helen Mirren shows up and then because uh, I personally just love watching badass women I was I was so bummed out when Gina Carano turned out to be a villain I was like no why I want you to be in multiple movies but no I so- thought it was awesome I was like yeah <laughs> get up since we talked about you know new characters coming in uh we got John Cena coming in for the next one. You know, they, they, Cameron, uh, Charlize Theron was in the, the one just yeah, before that. Uh, they brought in Kurt Russell. What are you guys kind of hoping, like, if you had a dream casting, who, who would you want to bring in? Oh, jeez. And uh, by the way, we'll give them a second to, to think. If you in the audience have a question, please start lining up. I want to get to everybody that has a question. Just step right up here. I just want to make sure everybody has a chance to ask. Ooh, a Henry so, yeah, just line up behind there. Henry Aaron. Cavill would be fun. I think like, if he's the bad guy or, in Mission Impossible. Yeah. Chris Pratt would be fun. Yeah? I think. I, I think Army Hammer, too. Army oh, Hammer. Army oh, Hammer would be pretty good. Oh, yeah, he'd be good. Mm. I'm trying. I mean... For me, like, I was talking about this yesterday of, like, what cast members do I want to see more of? And I, I want to see more of Ludacris for some reason. But I'm trying to think um, of, like, another female character that I would like to see in there. Because I, I just love when they, like you said, when they mm-hmm. pop in these female characters and, they, and it messes with you. Like for Garner. Wouldn't it be like, nice, nice, to, have, wouldn't it be nice to have Warriors? a female Warriors? equivalent of, of Vin Diesel, though? Like what, if they like, pull, that, what if they pull from America look, Ninja Warrior? Like the, yeah. Are you, is anybody here familiar Chuck with Norris. pro wrestling? Yeah. I would love to see Becky Lynch come oh, in. Yeah. 
That would, that would be an awesome addition. Or Braun Strowman, because he can throw cars around. Well, Roman Reigns is from <laughs> WWE. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was in Hobbs and Shaw. Which I was really excited about, because I love him. Yeah. He, he had, like, one line. But he was there. He was there. Yeah. What's, your, what's your question, sir? Okay, so there might not be an answer to this, but it was weird when they did the When I See You Again song with Wiz Khalifa. Oh, yeah. That they didn't get Ludacris to do that, since he has a hip-hop background. Yeah, that's a do little we, bit of a sore spot with him. It, so, so there is a story there. <laughs> It was, so they got Wiz Khalifa, um, there was something to do with Vin Diesel's choice um, because of his relationship, and I remember at the time when we were playing it on the radio and we were all wondering the same thing, like why didn't Ludacris, why wasn't he in this song, but there was, there's some kind of relationship with Wiz Khalifa and Vin Diesel um, and their whole family that they have together, and um, at the time, if you guys remember, um, they were even wondering if they were going to bring him back to the movie, even to have him in the next few movies. And so I think they didn't have him do the song because they were still the contract. Remember, he was really angry because him and Tyrese didn't know if they were going to come back. Oh. Because if you didn't know this, Tyrese also sings. Mm-hmm. I did not. So he does. On my playlist. It's so. kind of weird. It's kind of weird <laughs> that Vin Diesel's relationships affect so much of the movie. Like he can only yeah. take so many punches because mm-hmm. of what his sister says or yeah, something. Yeah, it's in his contract. Yeah, right? yeah. It's in his contract. Yeah. Um, so I found somebody. I would love to see Miss Salma Hayek come in Ooh, to this film. She yeah. would be awesome. That's who I would like. I will write a letter to someone. Okay. <laughs> I think it's. I find it funny that Tyrese is the one that had the problem with the spinoff because. Uh, a uh, ludicrous Tyrese movie. That would be so great. Yeah, they're one of my favorite like, parts of the movie. The, yeah. the comic timing between them, those two. I would love to see. But they're the ones that three. throw the biggest fits when it comes to their contracts. Uh, like yeah, I, I love them both. Tyrese <laughs> is such a drama queen, both in the movie and out of the movie. Yeah. See, and that sort of answers why they want to do spin-off movies instead, right? Because then they only have two egos to deal with rather than ten. Yeah, yeah that's, that's well, a lot to deal and with. What's, yeah. funny, <laughs> what's funny about it is that Jason Statham and uh, Dwayne Johnson have the least... Like they're the least problem on set. Like mm-hmm. when they're Dwayne Johnson is one of the most down to earth actors. Like he'll sit with everyone and eat. He doesn't go back to his trailer. Um, and Jason Statham also, he just walks around set. He doesn't have a problem. Oh, so, wow. yeah, it's crazy. And well, I, every time I say I see or I say Jason Statham, I just think of him on the Meg coming up out of the water. And then I'm sorry, I'm obsessed <laughs> with the Meg. No. If we can put a shark in Fast and Furious. <gasps> Okay, okay. Vin Diesel is obsessed with the Street Sharks cartoon from the 90s. So. I don't want Sharknado. I just want at Fast some point Nado. they have to get like on a tanker in the middle of the ocean and then somebody has to like drive a car out of a shark. <laughs> they, they have to skip through a shark. They skip their cars I don't know off the top of sharks. how this is going to happen. Through the mouth and out the other side. <laughs> right? I don't know. I mean, sillier things have happened. <laughs> But uh, you, you did hear the rumors of uh, uh, Jason Statham and the Rock's contracts for Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, which was for the rest of us. Yeah, okay, so anybody <laughs> that hasn't heard, they both have a contract. Their contracts say that they can't lose in a fight. Yeah. And the other guy can't have more lines than them. Yeah. So they're pretty much face-to-face. <laughs> One says a line, the other's got to be right behind But well, honestly, and I think it's pr- like... Just pure fun. Like, oh yeah, just, it worked yeah. out beautifully. It, yeah. It's not like it's not yeah. like it ruined the movie or anything. They probably made it better, to be honest. Yeah. But it's just yeah. hilarious that they both like. No, I can't lose a fight. 
Yeah. Uh, what killed me, though, was in Hobbs and Shaw, where well, the only thing that was missing was both of them turning to the camera to say, if we're going to win this, we have to work together, <laughs> and just saying it like directly into the camera. <laughs> What's your question? Uh, so, uh, so um, I was... I was thinking how how uh, it could bring a a certain character back and uh and uh if uh if uh they did a uh uh a world uh racing uh tournament uh they can bring them uh the the main character for um uh Hogyo drift back it was uh good lucas black was the actor what was his name though sean yeah. It was Sean, yeah, right? Sean. That would be pretty cool. He kind of showed up in was it seven? I don't remember. Just for a second, was it? But he's okay. he's got to he's got to drive the Mustang with that Nissan yeah. engine in it, though. That thing is <laughs> that, that was a beaut. Oh At, my God. The first time I saw Tokyo Drift, I I didn't like it. I was I, it kind of brought me out. I was kind of like, does this really go? With this franchise, but the like, I want. I made. I wanted to watch. I wanted to like it so much, so I watched it a few times. And then I really, the shots that they have with the angles of those cars, like the cinematography of that film, is actually very different from the first two, and then the one that comes right after. So if you spend time watching that movie again, just pay attention a little bit more to the cinematography because it's actually really, really cool. Yeah. I think it, Tokyo I Drift is underrated because I think. After it came out, they they had to have looked at it and go, we should rethink this and maybe bring some people back. And they brought Han back because they killed him at the end end of the movie. And it's like, well, Han's really a likable character. We needed, we we should have rethought this. So I think it's cool that, I mean, people kind of crap on it. It's a stupid name or whatever, you know, Tokyo Drift, whatever. But it had enough in there that it recharged the entire franchise. I was actually excited about the name because it made me think of the game Gran Turismo that I used to play when I was younger. And you know when you went to Tokyo and then it had... So I was like, oh my gosh, are we going to see like... you know? And I loved that game, so I kind of you know, dug the name. But yeah, the movie, again, the first time I saw it. But I think that would be a really cool like next movie where they actually do a race around the world. That's and then when you add, when you ask, what, that would be Mad, really Mad, cool. Mad, step Mad. it up, that like a, wor- a worldwide cannonball <laughs> run, and they'd call it. It's a furious, idea. furious, 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 furious world. <laughs> but one of the great things about that is what Tokyo, what Tokyo Drift did for for American audiences is it pointed out the differences, the extreme differences in car culture from mm-hmm. Japan to America. Yes. Um, and I, th- I think that would be great to show the different car cultures throughout the world and. It would be there'd be short clips, but you'd get something out of it out of that sort of idea. Um, I just wanted to Bow Wow's that. Hulk car. That's what I wanted. <laughs> that, was, that was so cool. That was and really Bow cool. Wow's not busy. We could bring yeah. him back. Yeah. He's not doing anything. Yeah. 
Thank you for your question. That was a great question. I have a friend who actually is into drifting. He races and he does drifting and stuff like that. And so to some people, they love Tokyo Drift because Mm -hmm. they love drifting. And it's actually, I think it looks super fun. So, I mean... But again, don't try it in the parking lot don't at the gateway. It. It's insanely difficult. <laughs> I mean, you re- like great when there's nobody in there at one a.m. You want to try? Don't do My it. car's still there at one a.m. <laughs> so definitely don't do it. <laughs> My question was: Is you keep on th- talking about standalone films, and Tokyo Drift was kind of standalone film mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I think it's because. Thanks. Yeah, they really. I think. They, I, I don't think Tokyo no, Drift was. was supposed to exactly be that film, um, but it ended up that film. That's I feel like there's something missing from the movie. It was because Vin, yeah, Vin and right. uh, Paul for a while were like, mm. right, so but I just, they were, they just wanted to keep it going so people didn't yeah. lose interest because yeah. like if you have a series and then you kind of like just stop for a while, people lose interest. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I think that they kept going. It was a, it was a great out. idea. I just feel like I almost like it more. I would like it more, but it's missing something, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It probably just needs some sort of tie back to the to the main character line. Yeah. I mean, they never I, said family in it. That's yeah. what oh, it that's what it is. Not one corona but to be I, seen. I think I think the reason it happened so weird is because <laughs> if I recall, they they thought it was dead after two because it they just they either they had a problem with Paul Walker yeah. or something and and they're like we can't we can't keep doing it like that so we're gonna have to do something else. Let's use the name at least. Yeah. What's your question? Well, one of the things I like about uh, um, Tokyo Drift was uh, that um, whenever you say, oh, let's watch all the films in sequence, you know, and everyone's like, uh, whenever you uh, skip over Tokyo Drift, they're like, why are you doing that? Right. No, you, um, you don't skip over it. You just move it. You move it further in line. <laughs> oh. Was that intentional? Just like, tell them it's like no, uh, yeah, right? Temple of Doom actually takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. It's just it doesn't have to be perfect. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and then I find uh, another interesting fact that they actually had to illegally film some things in Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm which I actually found pretty funny. Um, And uh, my question is, um, what is your guys' favorite character in all of the series? Um, And mine would have to be um, Reiko from Tokyo Drift. She was the one that was working on Nina's car Mm. at the beginning. You know, she was the one with the computer. Yeah, she was Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, because she oh, drives the uh, Volkswagen Golf R32. Yeah. I'm going to go Tej. Is it Tej or... Yeah, that's, right. that's how you say it, right? I think he's the... First of all, he's the brains. He starts out as just a guy that kind of runs races in Too Fast, mm-hmm. Too Furious, and he's evolved into... He's basically like Q for James Bond. But he also drives. He, he's also involved. He's, he'll get into a fight, and he's funny. That's That's... He's my favorite character. No, I, I would say not to agree with you on Tej, because I, I do, and so since you took that for me, I love the two brothers in yes. um, Fast funny. and Furious. Oh, yeah. yeah. The two brothers that are just constantly ragging on each other. You can't do anything right. Oh, when, the, when those bombs explode in the bathroom? Oh, my <laughs> those gosh. Those two were hilarious. <laughs> I would love to see more of those guys. Right, right. Um, Ludacris' character, definitely up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> But spoiler alert, Ryan Reynolds 
character for sure. Just, I love him so much. I know Kevin Hart was he's, pretty funny. He's, he's Deadpool before he's Deadpool in that yeah. movie. I just, it, just his sincerity was so touching. <laughs> I was so happy when I saw him on screen. <laughs> How about you? I think they already know. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Is this out of the whole franchise? Yeah, I think yeah. it's. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just like I like Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, and I like the the bond that they had, and I love how um, in the very first one, because I just watched it again the other day. I mean, they didn't have any reason to trust him, but then they did trust him, and then it turns out he was a cop and everything, but like they, he, they still let him be their brother, and I just really like that. And Yeah, there's a lot of other side characters. I really loved Han, and I love a bunch of them, but I just like the dynamic between those two a lot. I like Letty. Yeah. I feel like Letty... Um, I feel like they, they put Letty in there, uh, and they didn't quite know what they wanted to do with her. I don't think they intended... Um, to make her as complex as she ended up being. Um, I think they kind of just said, hey, you know, we're going to, we like strong female mm-hmm. characters because, you know, Vin Diesel does and, and so do the filmmakers. <laughs> and we're going to have her come in here and she's going to be a car girl and everybody's going to think that's sexy and cool. Um, and then she ended up being more than that, you know? She ended up being something that kind of held everyone together even when she wasn't like she was forcing everyone to be a part like I just I think Letty um I think she she deserves a little more than what what people get her and of course I said it earlier I'd love to see Ludacris back so. I love that they brought her back I was that, so yeah. happy yeah. her her transformation kind of was 100% Michelle Rodriguez because she came out and actually criticized the makers yeah. of the movie saying we need strong women yeah. characters in Stop here making me just a pretty car girl so she forced the issue and that's kind of what changed all that so yeah what's your question uh import or in or muscle i think pretty much it was unanimous with the crowd earlier it's it's muscle in here we're there are a bunch of muscle heads in here i thought yeah i think i'm the only one up here that's like really on the import (laughs) side He likes a car that goes zzzz when you drive it. (laughs) I like going zippy. What's your question, sir? Yeah, I have uh, two questions. The first, uh, what's your favorite action sequence out of the whole series? Second, uh, what would you rather have first for the series? Them going to space or a team up with the Mission Impossible franchise? (laughs) (laughs) Mission Impossible franchise? I want to see him go to space. Space would be cool. My, my favorite action sequence... I try to stop Elon Musk from sending that car into space. <laughs> Maybe that's why he sent it. <laughs> my favorite... Impossible on go to space. Wait, ha- Han's that? in that car. Um, my favorite action sequence, bar none, is uh, when they're uh, pulling the, the bank vaults through Rio in, in yes. 5. I love that. That's my favorite. I really love when they when they launch all the cars out the airplane. That's so and in, good. And in, and in around the mountains once they land. That, <laughs> that whole thing. First off, I love the Charger with the battle car look with the two spare tires. That thing. Yeah, and they're trying to get the prison car. Yeah. It, yeah. That that sequence always that's, like jumps to my mind first. Good one. But the the between the two buildings. Oh my god. I'm such a yeah, sucker for it because also like when they're trying to get the thing out of the car, it's like so oh. stressful and like Ronda Rousey's there and everyone's fighting and yeah. I watched that thing crash and I was like, it's a good thing I know that that's not a real car and they can just like, they they make, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but they they have a ways, they can disguise just a regular car and and make all the parts and it looks like the actual 
sports mm -hmm. car, but it's not. Like, there's no way that they would actually crash. Believe it or not, a lot of them are built on Volkswagen Beetle frames. Yep, they are. They rebody them. A, they a lot of them, they're, they're, what, they're, they're what are called jump cars, mm -hmm. because they've got these really springy suspensions, and so they can take it, and so they put these bodies on Volkswagen Beetles. Most of the secondary cars in the first movie were just that. <laughs> yeah, I love, I think there's two scenes, of course, uh, in Hobbs and Shaw, when they keep attaching car after car after car, and then the heli this weird helicopter—I want to know where that helicopter was made—that it can keep pulling these cars. Um, but I love when all the cars like are getting out of the plane; they're getting on the ice, and he—he he wanted the beautiful car, and then he gets out on the ice, and it doesn't do shit. And he's like, everybody's passing him, and he's like, "Oh man, I finally got this car, and it doesn't do anything." Oh, I also really it's love the one pretty. where they're driving through the tunnel. To, like for the, oh, in for the, the third one. yeah, like to get the drug, like the drugs oh, across the yeah. border. Well, not, or not counting Tokyo Drift. The third it was one. very yeah. Indiana Jonesy kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like race against two. time. It's yeah. very stressful. Did you guys get the uh, the Italian job reference in Hobbs and Shaw? By the way. Oh yeah. What do you have? Okay. Okay. Italian job. That's so what they held up a sign that said, "This is from the Italian job." <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had to explain it to my kids, so... And well, that's not good parenting. <laughs> they should already know. Oh, my gosh. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Is there any other questions? We're just about to wrap up here, so... fast and I would definitely... Like so, I would really like to not see them in space first, only because if they go to Mission Impossible first, they get a whole bunch of really cool, like, technology, and you know that Tom Cruise is going to do some crazy stuff. So I think I want to do that. And then send Tom Cruise to the moon, and then he doesn't <laughs> come him. back. Leave him there. I had, uh, speaking of like comparing movie franchises, I had never seen The, the Expendables till oh, about they're a riot. two weeks oh ago. Oh, my gosh. They're a riot. Fast and the Furious, way superior. <laughs> it's not even close. I know they're, they're kind of close, like they're bringing in all the action stars and stuff. The Expendables is hot garbage. I'm sorry if you love yeah, it. But when, it's, when, all it's fun, but it's when Chuck Norris shows up and starts telling Chuck Norris jokes. That's just over the top. Oh, no, it looks like student film Camino. special effects. <laughs> uh, as we close out, if there's no more questions, I just want to know what is your favorite Fast and the Furious movie? Um, <laughs> one. <Wow>. One. <laughs> I think mine is probably Fast Five. Me too. Yeah. I'm Fast Five as well. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love. Well, it did Lana. give us Gal Gadot. Five. Yeah. But I think Fast and Five is when it, I think Fast Five is when they were like, "Let's lean into it." I mean, yeah, right. That, that yeah. was definitely. What if they'd given up after three? You know, I'm so glad that they didn't. They're like, "Well, people like these worldwide, so let's just." Get, I'm so glad they did that because mm -hmm. five. What's the one with yes, the six thousand mile long uh, airport runway? Oh, that's six. 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 Yeah. That's where. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's a good one. Too. I know it goes forever. Like they it did really the map, does. and it, it is like, like there's no airport in the world. Like it would have like, to go across the a Anton AM two twenty four takes forever to take off. I know, but that runway and is that's, still and like, it just keeps going. <laughs> I was like, they're in <laughs> Poland by now. <laughs> they're there. Like at the speed, at the speed, because they had to be traveling like one hundred and fifty miles an hour, and at those speeds, that mile, that thing had to be ten miles long yeah. at least. Yeah. No, I, I think I like. I really think I like uh, two. I, it's the tuner cars in that one, and the scramble, the, the scramble scene in two is one is. Yeah, I, I like two, and I like Hobbs and Shaw. Like I, I like both. Two is, you know, one was great, and I was like, oh great, there's like, car movie coming out, and then two, I was like, okay, this is the real deal. I really liked two. So. When you say two, it does make me think 
bring back Eva Mendez. No, I mean, I, I would not say no. I've got a crush on Devin Aoki, or however you pronounce her last name. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. Ava Mendez drives me crazy. I just in five, I really like the it's con, it, when they're kind of putting the plan together. It's the Ocean's Eleven aspect of it. I like that they brought that into the movie, and it wasn't just let's get in our cars and let's go fast. No, you know that they had planned on it. They were trying to get around the corner, and then you know they worked at it so hard, and then the obvious let's use cop cars. They're never going to notice a cop car in a police station. When they actually come to the logical conclusion, I was like, okay, I'm on board with that. (laughs) It worked. All right, well, you guys want to just go ahead and plug yourself or whatever? (laughs) Are we going to start with you or? No, we'll we'll start down there. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to plug myself first. Okay. Uh, Val Cameron, (laughs) you went where I went. I know, poor choice. Um, It's late in the day and late in the weekend. Uh, B98.7, it's a family friendly station in the morning from. Five to nine. Um, listen, I'm going to plug this uh, Monday morning at eight because we are giving away trips to Disneyland. So um, go. You can also check out my Movies That Make Us podcast. It's Movies That Make Us on all of the social medias uh, out there. And uh, I'm a film critic, so you can also, if you want to know if you should go to a film this weekend, you can listen to that as well. I am Rochelle Hardy. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Rochelle.Hardy, or I also am um, a filmmaker with Zealot Film. That's most, I do a lot of different projects, but it's mostly a Zealot Film. We have a Utah, uh, YouTube channel. It's spelled X-E-L-O-T. Um, anyway, so um, also you can find me on Facebook. If you guys want to friend me, follow me, whatever, um, we can talk. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Joss Whelan and uh, come to Gracie's at 7 for Geek Show Live. Well, you're a part of that officially now. Yeah. Woo! Well, uh, Doug Willoughby, I really don't have much of a social, social media presence. I'm too busy fixing everybody's cars. But if you want to <laughs> follow me on anything, uh, you can follow Mission Samurai on Instagram. My wife and I are building a, uh, building a samurai for off-road. Fun! Cool. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram's at Travis Tate Funny. You can friend me on Facebook, all that. Please listen to my podcast, at, uh, Tra- Late to the Party with Travis Tate. Come see me do stand-up, all that. You guys, you were awesome. If you would go to your app, go to the FanX app, and give us five stars for this panel, and you'll get more Fast and the Furious type stuff. That's how that happens. So thank you for coming. You guys were awesome. <laughs>